0: So all I said in this case is a really simple prompt. Hey ChatGPT, could you explain what dark matter is in the voice of Spongebob? (laughs) It starts literally with brackets, says imitating Spongebob's enthusiastic and playful voice. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun, dark matter. (laughs) By the way, how great is it that they label your chats so cleanly? Wait,
1: I have to stop you. Are you using ChatGPT 3.5? I'm just gonna say I'm disappointed. Okay. <laughs> I know, I'm
0: sorry. It says, use an LLM to debias your content.
1: Can you put in one of my articles? Yeah. The author's bias is evident in his optimistic view <laughs> of <laughs> his role in the future economy.
0: I have a pretty fundamental question for you. Yeah. If you don't like the ear flaps, yeah. how were you envisioning to be warm? <laughs> is this just like a thicker?
1: Look, I'm just the idea guy, you know?
0: I feel like there's probably no search volume for this. Yeah, zero search volume.
1: I'm just like taking it on the chin in this interview. Like, <laughs> like my my writing is biased and, <laughs> and my ideas have no search volume. I feel bad, officially. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. This is exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. For people who don't know, you are a prolific online creator. You're the host of the A16Z podcast, an amazing podcast. You're the author of Doing Content Right, uh, which is about writing, creating, and scaling a blog in 2023. And you are the creator of Internet Pipes, which is, I think, like the most detailed toolkit course I've ever seen for doing research on the internet. I binged it, like, all yesterday, and it was just like... I was just like, pow, pow. like, it was amazing. I <laughs> loved it. Cool. That was a goal. Cool. That was a goal. I know. I was
0: like, before I shipped it, I was like, are people going to get any value from this? But the yeah. whole point was just hopefully you go through it and you're just like, oh, my God, I didn't know this existed. Or like, you just end up down some rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're a person who likes internet rabbit holes, it's like the, the most amazing thing to 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 spend time with. So thank thanks, you. thanks for making it. So the place I want to start, I want to like start with uh, sort of like, In doing research for the episode what I found to be what I think is like sort of an underlying theme in the work that you do and and how you think about things and it actually aligns with uh, an essay I wrote recently when which I did not have you in mind when I wrote it but like I think it really works pretty well so I want to read you like just a little bit of that essay sure and then I want to ask you kind of uh, kind of about that so this is the opening so it says time isn't as linear as you think it has ripples and folds like smooth silk it doubles back on itself and if you know where to look, you can catch the future shimmering in the present. This is what people don't understand about visionaries. They don't need to predict the future. They learn to snatch it out of the folds of time and wear it around their bodies like a flowing cloak. And like I said, when I wrote that, like I wasn't thinking about you, but I actually think this is very core to your work. Um, and the, the like underlying premise of that passage and I think your work is that the future isn't evenly distributed. Um, it's here and it's on the Internet. Yeah. Um, And all you have to do is like go and find it. Um, It's there. Yeah. And uh, if you have enough curiosity and enough patience um, and enough stick-to-itiveness like you can find it. Um, And uh, and if you're looking for like that net your next big idea like the Internet is sort of like the place to start. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to just talk about that. Like tell me about that realization or, or, or that thread in your work and how you came to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The coolest part is that that was always true. Right. Time is on this spectrum. And to your point, some people look at visionaries and they're like, they saw the future early. There's this uh, really cool video from 1964, I think, where Arthur C. Clarke basically talked about this idea of remote work. Of course, that, that, that term didn't exist back then, but he basically was like, you know, eventually, maybe even in 50 years, which is actually kind of funny because that was the time frame that it ended up being. People can work the same way in London and Bali and Tahiti. And so that's one example of just again like this is not a new concept mm-hmm. that people see the future early, but what is a new concept is the internet mm. which allows everyone to kind of get access to that data that also didn't exist back then, right? Like the coming back to your question about when did I kind of wrap my head around this idea that the future is actually like present in these little pockets online is my first job in tech. I ended up working a lot within like the SEO sphere. And it's funny because that sphere sometimes gets some hate because people are like, oh, there's all these black hat tactics and you know people doing like uh, content farms and things like that. But if you really just boil things down and you think about what search engine optimization is, it's billions of people who use this website Google the biggest website in the world and every single day they go to Google and they tell it what am I what am I looking for what do I like what do I not understand like what are my wants needs desires all baked into these queries and Google's just one example right many other websites kind of bake this information about billions of people as well whether it's Reddit or Wikipedia or Twitter or the apps that you have on your phone and that's what's so cool is that Not only do those websites exist, but now there's tools that help you understand that information. And that, you could say, democratization is so nice because if you think about it, even just like a couple decades ago, if someone wanted to get information about the world, you know, it's the people who were like rich enough to run a, you know, a study on a mass of people or the people confident enough to like walk up to someone and ask them questions but today it's just all in these data sets online i think that's really cool
1: yeah i think i mean it's it is absolutely amazing and you're so good at you like any site you have like a bunch of different tools like for reddit you have like all these different like graphing libraries yeah. that you found and i'm sort of curious like how has uh i, I feel like ai and in general and maybe ChatGPT in specific like Turbocharges some some portions of that. I'm curious like how and if that has like made its way into your like research workflow
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's limited in my workflow But the concept is certainly there Mm -hmm. and you could say it's the extension of everything I just said where if you think about keyword research um, There are tools like hrefs that help you understand the keywords and their volume and you know their secondary keywords Which tells you what else someone's interested in? But imagine that turbocharged, that literally is AI, right? That is something like ChatGPT, because it's not just scraped Google, it's scraped all the websites we just talked about. And not only has it done that, but it's turned this massive data set into, you know, some people joke that like the world's intelligence is now in a CSV, right? (laughs) It's like, it's kind of funny, but it's like, that is the, the natural extension. And then now we're seeing totally new interfaces where someone maybe who couldn't make sense of... A data set um, now can just query and ask questions, right? right? And so.
1: That's me. I, yeah. <laughs> I definitely couldn't have made sense of a data set <laughs> well, before. <I> mean, but,
0: <laughs> e- but even if you think about like the precursor, some of the websites you mentioned, like I have, one of them is this cool map of Reddit. Like to me, that's also someone who like similar to ChatGPT, created an interface that made this massive data set of millions of subreddits into something where it's like, oh, now I understand that if someone's like on the subreddit Digital Nomad, they also care about like maybe Southeast Asia and they care about like lifestyle design and they care about freelancing. And and that's, again, another like, that's someone who's introducing a user interface to make sense of the world Mm -hmm. that, again, now we have this data set for. And I think AI is like both the interface, but also just... The sheer increase in data also matters right. there.
1: Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I want to get into like how you specifically use ChatGPT uh, in, in one second, but I have one other question that's just sort of like popping into my head, which is like, I I feel like you have this, um, whenever you talk about finding things on the internet, it seems to be about like finding sort of business ideas or opportunities or trends, which I love like it's like it's so interesting to like see all these like little things that are that are starting to trend you're like oh maybe I could make a make an app or make a website or whatever Um, but then I also think you you seem to also have this like fundamental like curiosity about like what's going on on the internet and I'm curious like what that brain space is like. like what is it about like doing this kind of deep research that gets you.
0: Yeah, I think it's because the most niche things on the internet are no longer niche. Like and that mm. in itself is exciting because every single one of us has like the very high level interest that we will talk to someone else about. Maybe it's like your favorite sport or like the like mass book that someone else might find interest in. But there's also all these little things that like because of the scale of the internet, there are now enough people who might care about something and the second order effect of that is that i think we actually discover things that like would never have been created before like at at the very beginning of internet pipes i talk about like just the weirdest things like someone sending garlic bread to space or like someone creating this like maze for a (sighs) squirrel and like that latent interest maybe always existed but you would never be motivated enough to create something like that because you know you'd be the only one to enjoy it right. and so that like again the scale to reach enough people who might care about something just actually changes the paradigm of what people are willing to do and i think that's that's so cool and so yes i think there's like a deep appreciation not just for a trend that someone can make money with but like the creators that are emerging that just do cool stuff for the hell of it yeah. and the internet actually enables that
1: i love that there's that like urban i don't know if it's an urban legend or if it's actually real which is like the reason why cats are popular on reddit is because like before reddit no one had any place to share their cat because really? cats are like antisocial creatures but yeah, like yeah. they finally there was like a place to like share what your cat was doing and it was like reddit because you could take pat- cat pictures yeah <laughs> no, i know i so love funny. this <laughs> like
0: one of my so i talk about these like not so niche youtube channels and you can apply that to like there's like not so Niche websites, etc., mm-hmm. um, and one of them is this YouTube channel just about Japanese passenger trains.
1: <laughs> Can we see it? And yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I need to remind myself of the name, but like, it's just um, it's just these Japanese passenger trains, and they have only posted I think thirty videos, and they have like a million plus subscribers. That's unbelievable. And I'm just pulling it up now. <laughs> it's called Travel Alone Idea, um, and They started in 2021. So Mm -hmm. it's not like one of these phenomena where someone was early to to a a channel like YouTube and they they got that benefit. Um, They have all-time views, 240 million all-time views, 1.5 million subscribers. And yes, again, only 30 videos with the average um, monthly views apparently being 700,000. And the best part of this is, by the way, this is not a scenario either where someone is just like the best editor and like has really figured out how to nail the algorithm this person has no narration there's no sound <laughs> the edits are, are minimal and it all it is is this person walking around these Japanese passenger trains but again there's this like fascination I have with the fact that there are enough people who like this yeah. that this channel is insanely successful
1: I have just decided that uh, I don't like ChatGPT anymore. I'm really into trains now.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: right? If I can I'm... get this many views like, know, with 30 I videos. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, I mean, that, one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is, like I said, I think it kind of defeats a lot of the common mantras around content, around like, oh, well, like you have to find a new channel and be early to it or like you have to master thumbnails. I mean, yeah. these are not good thumbnails either. It's just like a picture and a red arrow. right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, but that's why I actually think some of these tools on the internet are also very interesting because they help you surface like, is there actually demand for right. this thing or interest in this thing?
1: Right. There's another one that you shared. That's like, it's I think it's called like TV too far. Yes.
0: T- <laughs> t- TV too high. TV too low. Oh, TV too. And high. like the most internet thing ever is that. So TV too high is the largest one, and I think people saw that subreddit. For, and it has people who like, don't know
1: that, what it is, t- tell us what it is. Yeah. So
0: um, TV too high is a subreddit where I included this in my like original note in Internet Pipes because I was like this is just the most internet thing I've ever seen. Um, and shout out to uh, fellow creator, Pat Walls. He's the one I saw him shared on Twitter, but this subreddit has 180,000 um, subscribers to it. Um, and it's just people posting pictures of TVs that are too high. Um, so, you know, I have them up on my screen. Um, and uh, again, it's just TVs that are apparently too high. Some of them are obvious yeah. and some of them are less obviously yeah. too high, but then, The nature of the internet someone saw this and then they created r slash tv too low r slash tv too far and the best part is that there is a subreddit tv um just right but it's private (laughs) and i just thought that was the
1: best that's great i love that um and and for people for people watching or listening who are like why are we talking about this like what is the point of this like you have this thing that you say which is like don't overlook silly Yeah. Um, Which tell us like what that means and why you think it's actually important to be aware of things like TV too high.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in this case, like, I I don't know, maybe someone listening can invent a business idea around this. But I think there there is a large part of all of our personalities, which is not oriented around like, let me be really serious and figure out an opportunity right now it's like let me let me laugh about this thing let me um again like watch a japanese passenger train or like a bunch of other youtube channels like about someone who's like picking locks or like is like a toe doctor or all these weird things and like there's a weird part of all of us and by the way if there is interest from all of these people which is proven by like the scale of some of these things um i i just think it it's a window into what people really want yeah. and if you can understand what people really want you know maybe there is again like a direct spin-off in terms of how you can leverage it but I also think it helps you um, just create better things in the world yeah. and also it's it's almost like the second third order effect where if you follow these trails I think you actually understand your fellow humans a little yeah. better and then you know maybe not directly but eventually you will create something um, a good example is like a creator Neil Agarwal like he's for me if I think of the creator that I think epitomizes the internet the best, yeah. it, it is him. And he just creates these uh, websites at Fun. I'll pull it up, N-E-A-L.fun. And each one of these projects, I bet his first one, um, no one cared about. And his second one maybe got some traction, but he still was making no money. But he's yeah. what he's got like 20, 20 or so projects here. And now this is his job. Like now he actually makes money from this. And again, I think it's just this like, don't... Uh, Another way to put it is like, if you ignore silly, you are so focused on what is immediately actionable and what you can immediately take advantage of. And I think that's just a very short term, like myopic view of the world.
1: I totally agree. I feel like so much of the best stuff is just like, wandering through random stuff that like, for whatever reason appeals to you, and you can't really understand why. Mm -hmm. And then like, years later it like comes together in this like really amazing yeah. like product or book or whatever and so like having too much of an emphasis on what's practical today you like miss out on making amazing stuff later um, yeah. and also it's just more fun
0: i was going to say it's it's a lot of people if you think about it, especially our creator space i think can be really myopic in being like what's the newsletter that i think has the most demand or yeah. something like that or or how can i create something that goes viral immediately and then they just like have no staying power because they're not having any enjoyment and i think there's like you know neil agarwal is one example but like the the creators i also really respect are the people who you can tell actually enjoy what they're doing and have a deep fascination with it it's not just about like having fun they're just like i actually think this is interesting and that rubs off on other people
1: totally totally So I think this is this is a good segue into ChatGPT. Yeah, (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) So what I want to do first is I want to just talk to you a little bit about like how you how you use it. We're going to get into like us doing some sort of mutual explorations and Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. We, We have a lot of good stuff planned, but yeah, tell us at a high level like what do you feel like what do you use it for how does it fit into your life and maybe we can go through some some chats
0: yeah um so i broke this down into what what is this like seven different ways that um i currently use it and what was interesting about this exercise is that like i hadn't really thought about that before Currently, ChatGPT is not my go-to for anything consistently, mm-hmm. as in I I don't like wake up and know like, OK, for this kind of problem, I automatically go to ChatGPT. But now that I've broken this down, I'm like, OK, I actually have a framework yeah. to think about when I reach for it more mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. and I want to reach for it more often. But these are the different areas. So for me, one of them is idea generation. And that doesn't mean like just broadly idea generation. But for example, I threw a meetup recently for people at Internet Pipes and I was like, I want to make this internet themed. Mm. And so I had some ideas, but like ChatGPT is really good at kind of helping me extrapolate Mm -hmm. from a base. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is just helping me understand complex things Mm. uh, in simple ways. And that's where you can bring in characters. And you know, like I I once asked, like help me understand dark matter in the the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) And it like did it really well. And it was enjoyable, right? Also practical things. So every time I'm doing anything related to code, I actually find it much better Mm. than like Stack Overflow Mm. because it actually walks me through the problem or cooking unshrinking sweaters, things like that. Mm. Um, Another area is debates. And it's not so much that I'm looking to debate ChatGPT. I actually want ChatGPT to give me both sides of a debate Mm. for something that I'm, you know, every so often you feel like you have an inclination of like, hmm, uh, I have a strong opinion here, but I also have a feeling I don't know enough right. about this subject. Yeah. So I feel like it's really good for that to just be like, here's the other side. Totally. Like, help me see this. Yeah. Um, cleaning up data. it I've only used it for this a few times, but it's actually really nice because you can kind of, unlike Google, actually structure or tell ChatGPT to structure and answer a certain way. I feel like that's one of the most underrated parts of really most of these ai tools is to say this is the kind of answer i want um and then finally the last two were um this is mostly for content but just like the base for titles and intro mm. um just to get something on paper and then sometimes just for fun like i've had it right um the other day i had this deep appreciation for apis uh-huh. on the internet <laughs> like and just how much of our web is run by apis so i was like hey can you like create like a, a sonnet for apis <laughs> and it did and it was pretty good right because I, I mean that's the kind of thing where it's like i would never have spent my own time doing right, that right um and then the one thing that i have not gotten a chat gbt to crack is ASCII art um mm. just because i mean it makes sense why it can't quite do that mm. yet but um yeah sometimes just for fun just to be like can can chat GPT do this i
1: love that i love that there's a lot of good stuff in here one of the things that i'm picking up like in the idea generation or understanding complex things or debates it's like there's a there's a mind expanding aspect of of the way that you're using it or as a theme i'd love to like dive into a couple of those like maybe maybe we can start with like some of the ways that you've used it for idea generation like do you want to show us a a, a few chats
0: yeah why don't i just show you i'll start with the they called it by the way how great is it that they label your chats so cleanly wait
1: i have to stop you are you using chat gpt 3.5
0: in this case, I will say <laughs> not ninety percent of these were actually through four. But long story short, I had an enterprise account okay. and then had to switch that for work. And then
1: I'm just gonna say I'm disappointed. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm sorry. I but again, half at least I, I would say for sure over fifty okay. percent were done through four. So
1: you are you are a four user, but this is this yes. is not representative of, of all of your ChatGPT usage. This is yeah. actually a
0: great example of just like. Humans are slow for silly reasons. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I just think if you think about probably the reason that people don't use ChatGPT enough, Mm -hmm. it's just pure friction and habits. And so this is an example of where I've just been too lazy to upgrade this account. And so Mm. I have my work account that I'll use for some things and then I'm just like... Uh, yeah, got it. Got it's it. okay. You can shave me. Everyone <laughs> on the internet can shave me.
1: <laughs> I just have to. I had professionally obligated to point it out. Uh, well, you know what?
0: It's helpful because now that you pointed it out, yeah. I won't get as railed in the <laughs> in the YouTube comments. Um, okay. Cool. So tell us about
1: this chat. Like, where did you start? Tell us like where, what mind space you were in and and how you decided to to do it, and then what the prompt was.
0: Yeah. So. I was throwing a meetup for people who had bought internet pipes in San Francisco and I feel like a lot of meetups are really bad at one, being any way, shape or form special, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just a bunch of people in a room and it's not memorable in any way. Um, And then two, I feel like people don't like learn anything or meet the right people or really it's just kind of like mm. comes and goes yeah. and again maybe that relates to the, to the memorability of it but i said hi ChatGPT by the way do you always greet
1: I'm very nice to ChatGPT, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too, me too,
0: but not because of the whole like eventual overlord thing. I think it's just again a habit. Oh,
1: I'm just neurotic, and I don't want it. If when it takes over, I want it to.
0: Okay, so to, like, you me. are the yeah. like
1: looking <laughs> yeah. ahead, singularity. Yeah, yeah. Like I want like to be a head. good yeah.
0: <laughs> standing. Okay, so I said hi, ChatGPT. I'm hosting a meetup for fellow people who love the internet. I like to run a few icebreakers. What are some some good ideas for splitting the group into smaller groups? I like to have it be fun and internet related. Mm. For example, um, what? oh, buy, this is meant to say buy their yeah. favorite social media mm. app and screen time usage, which by the way, it's so nice that ChatGPT can like just ignore most of your yeah. like, typos, typos and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I, I didn't even realize I asked this first, but another thing about meetups that I feel like often isn't good is just, you end up in like these random groups, or so there's no sort of like commonality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started with, yeah, how do we break them up?
1: I wanted to stop you right there just on the prompt. I think there are a couple interesting things like um, you're giving it enough context, like you're telling it a meetup, but like people who love the Internet, I think it's like a really interesting thing to give to it yeah. that someone might not think to do, but it really like changes the output. And then I think you also gave it a couple of like small little pointers, like splitting the group into smaller groups. Like you have a little bit of a vision for what you for what you wanted to do. And I think all, all that kind of stuff. Um, or even examples like, you know, their favorite social media app or screen time usage, like all that kind of stuff is going to get you better results. And it's, it's interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I almost, I was like, should I split them by Mm -hmm. screen time usage? Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I feel like that's like shaming some people. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah, I, I I think you're right that you obviously get better results when Mm -hmm. you give some guidance. And one of the reasons I wanted to share this one is because these are some really good ideas, Mm. at least I think so. Mm -hmm. I actually went with the first one Mm. um, or some version of it Mm. where it's like, basically I had printed out a bunch of very popular memes that everyone recognizes and I put them on different tables and was like, "Which, like, what's your favorite meme? And Mm. even though that's like a very, very thin slice of like people's brains, I just thought it was an interesting way to to match people. But I got this from ChatGPT, so they said meme matchup, Emoji charades um, social media speed dating hmm. tech time capsule um, Inner internet trivia challenge mm-hmm. um, profile picture puzzles and you know, it keeps going but like the point is that it actually came up with like some pretty Good ideas for right. how to actually match people based on internet phenomena
1: Just like one shot you've one prompt and then you got an idea that you ended up using
0: correct. Okay. I kept going um, okay. but I always say, "Can you come up with more?" Do you do that?
1: <laughs> I do that a lot. What what I also do, and this is, I actually picked this up from an interview that I did with um, Linus Lee, who's a researcher mm-hmm. at Notion. Is I just do, you know, the like the redo button. It's like that little like oh, circular yeah, arrow. Yeah, I just yeah. click that like four times, and then it'll just like Interesting. Keep, keep going. Yeah. So you
0: always do the like refresh, yeah. not ask for more.
1: I mean, sometimes if I've done the refresh a few times and it's not giving me like yeah new stuff, I'll I'll do more, but uh, but I start with refresh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In this case, I just said, can, can you come up with more? But normally I will have... I mean, in this case, I was really happy with the result. But sometimes you'll be like, oh, can you make them shorter? Mm-hmm, can you like mm-hmm. adjust some part of it? But in yeah. this case, it just came up with more. Yeah. Um, so again, pretty good. And then I feel like... Um, So, actually, in this case, um, if you remember, my original prompt was actually, like, can you figure out how to split these people not, like, what to do with them? So, then I...
1: um, Oh, that's interesting. So, it sort of, like, got it slightly wrong, but it was still a good response. It was useful. It was like it knew
0: what I actually (laughs) wanted. Um, But I still wanted to uh, split them up. So, I don't know. In this way, it got a little confused. But then, Mm -hmm. yeah, I asked it to um, follow back up on that. Mm -hmm. And then, I think in this case I said that are more tech related and then, yeah, I mean, this one's not so crazy at the end. I did decide to do some trivia as well. And I asked it to um, come up with some good questions in this case, actually, I don't think I used any of the questions, Mm -hmm. um, but it helped kind of surface, you know, when you see what you don't want. Um, and so in this case I felt like these were like really obvious Mm -hmm. questions about like, Oh, you know, when was the hashtag invented or like, what does this like internet, um, acronym mean yeah. and what i wanted is um for people to come out of the trivia with new not just new concepts but a new appreciation for the internet yeah to be like how cool is this and mm-hmm. so i then ended up coming up with my own questions mm-hmm. but like with that realization
1: i think that's really cool i think it's it's such a common experience with ChatGPT is like sometimes it gives you the exact thing that you want like it gave you a little idea where you're like ah, oh, this is great yeah and then a lot of times it gives you something that's like not actually right but in not being right it helps you refine what you actually want yeah which is itself a valuable thing totally. and like that's sort of the the benefit of this like always on always accessible like sparring partner is 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 that kind of thing
0: yeah and the nice thing about it is like you get that si- same dynamic with humans but with ChatGPT, you can be so explicit yeah. and sometimes crude about yeah. like, this is not yeah. at all what I wanted. Yeah. And you can't really do that. And
1: ChatGPT doesn't get annoyed with you and it's never asleep. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. There's so
0: many reasons why
1: it's
0: like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like a 10X experience.
1: I love that. Um, that's really cool. Anything else on the idea generation stuff or should we go on to the next, uh, next Let thing?
0: Let me see. What else did I put under here? Um, well, sometimes... Um, it helps me not so much in this practical way of like, help me think of an activity. um, But sometimes I just need it to kind of like fill an idea that I don't, it's kind of like spinning in my head. And Mm -hmm. so one, one example of this is I had this realization a while ago that like our phones are so dynamic in that you think of all the different appliances, like a flashlight or a measuring stick Mm. or, um, I'm trying to think of other examples, The camera, mm. right? Like all of those things are like physical appliances or goods that independently existed. And then the phone was like, mm, like, mm-hmm. think of all of the yeah. things in yeah. there. And I was like, I could only think of a handful. And so I had, a, I, I was like, I just want a sparring partner to fill in those gaps. Like, yeah. what else is in this crazy That's device? That's the perfect
1: question for that. And yeah. it's like, how often do you have that question? Like maybe not that often, but when you do, it's like, it's like, oh, this saved me so much time. I know, right? <laughs>
0: and it, it, and the best, to your point, ChatGPT questions are the ones where you're like, I actually don't think this exists explicitly like this on Google. Yeah, it might. I might yeah. be wrong in this case, but like, it, it'd be much harder. Yeah, to understand totally your question. Yeah,
1: it's like it ex- it exists. The information exists. It's just like no one has collected it, and like yeah. you get a real time collector for yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So that's yeah. another example. I think. That's cool.
1: Um, and then let's talk about like understanding complex things. I think this is something that uh, people do a lot. Like, I actually was just texting with a friend of mine who said his favorite thing to do in the car these days is he will put ChatGPT on voice mode and then just like oh. talk about like quant- quantum mechanics with it while he's driving yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I just start doing that. That's yeah. like
0: a. I'm putting that in my back pocket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. So yeah, I'm curious, like, um, what you're using it for. It looks like you know uh, you're maybe using it for like you know explaining things like dark matter or that mm-hmm. um, withholding. Like, show us, show us some things you've been yeah. Uh, you've been learning it was the Chatt- dark GBT. matter
0: one. I mean, that was like the best example for me. Of I had went to I went to this conference and I met this astrophysicist and he gave this talk about um, well astrophysics and and the most interesting thing from it for me was this point about dark matter and how we just like don't understand it as a species. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it. It's That's like fine. me talking to SpongeBob on dark matter. <laughs> Here it is. See, explaining dark matter um, with SpongeBob. Okay, so so all I said in this case is really simple prompt. Hey ChatGPT, could you explain what dark matter is in the voice of SpongeBob?
1: <laughs> what, what, like why SpongeBob? You know, why not in the other cartoon character? Like how did you pick SpongeBob?
0: Yeah. Um. I feel like in this case, I don't know if it was like super thoughtful other than thinking <laughs> about like, what is a carter- cartoon character that I know um, is like really simplistic yeah. and also fun, mm-hmm. right? Like like how can we introduce like different like conceptual elements? Yeah. And I think something that's underrated here is like, you know, you can, the more boring version is you can just say, like explain this to me like mm-hmm. I'm five. Yeah. Um, but if you think about like even just the, what we talked about earlier the yeah. fun in things yeah. being helpful in learning as well mm-hmm. like if i get the explain it to me like i'm five version i almost feel like like it's like a little condescending yeah. or like just i won't remember it But yeah, in this yeah. case it's like i mean it starts it starts literally with brackets it says imitating spongebob's <laughs> <ups>, enthusiastic <laughs> and <the> playful <laughs> voice and then it says, like, ahoy, me matey. Like, it's, it's just, like, hilarious, right? And then it's, like, glad you asked about this wondrous mystery of the deep universe known as, dun-dun-dun, dark matter. <laughs> and it's just, like, I mean, this is one of those examples where I was, like, I will be doing this again. Like, right. it's, like, how perfect. <laughs> um, and so I won't read through the whole thing, mm-hmm. but it basically does go through um, not just the concept of dark matter uh-huh. in this case, but it was, like, so incredible. It just talks about, like, you know, the stars and the galaxies first and like like let's first acknowledge what those are and what we know about them and then you know it, it goes on to talk about okay well there's this thing that we actually don't know it's like yeah. our mysterious friend dark matter right. and um, it, it was really good at kind of breaking down that concept that's awesome
1: and after reading this like would you characterize yourself as a dark matter truther or do you think that dark matter is like a real thing or like what's your what's your take well, on dark matter I
0: mean I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure like the scientific community agrees that this thing exists. Like we we, we can we can we can (laughs) measure it. We just don't know exactly. Like it's kind of hard. It it breaks our brains, which is why I went to ask SpongeBob about it because it's it's this thing that we can like measure and we know exists, but um does not follow the laws of many things that we like of normal matter, which is kind of like how our brains operate right? right like we're not structured to understand dark matter it's yeah. like that's why we can't see it hear it feel it etc yeah. so um yeah i, I definitely I, I guess i'm a dark matter truther <laughs> i, <don't laughs>
1: I think dark matter truthers think that dark matter is not real
0: oh uh, yeah. oh oh interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I gotta go down that internet yeah. <laughs> rabbit hole oh by the way i didn't even remember i did this then i said great job just because i was curious mm. and like asked it to do another <laughs> iconic character and then they chose i said pick your favorite and they chose gandalf
1: gandalf we love that. Yeah. And Gandalf's wise and somewhat grave tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shall not see dark matter. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Like I mean it's pretty incredible. Like that's why I I mean ChatGPT is obviously like very useful in its utility, but yeah. like I think an underrated part is the like it's almost a game Yeah, in a way.
1: Totally. I think I would have picked Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, okay. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. had to if I had to pick one, that was a that was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Yeah. But I think this is great. I think it seems to like replace some amount of like Wikipedia rabbit holing that that people do because you can like get a a Wikipedia article that's written specifically for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia is dense. And I think the real, again, 10x experience is to be able to usher it into the like level of complexity that you're at. Yeah. Because actually, like, I mean, think about it. This is not, I chose SpongeBob, but had it come back with something that was like too complex for me to understand, I would just say like, bring it down further and you can kind of like move with the program, which is just fundamentally not what we had before. I mean, you can imagine like different versions of humans like that. But even in the case of like something like dark matter, where even our top scientists don't quite understand all facets of it. Those people, like, there's the curse of knowledge, right, where they don't know how to, like, or that's not the term, is it? The Basically, the phenomena where they can't articulate something complex to other people. Because right. they don't, it, it's hard. There's just so much of a gap. Yeah. There. Yeah. But in this case, they can, this program can take something very complex yeah. and usher it back down and also the other way around. Too. Yeah.
1: That's one of the, like, little rabbit holes I've been down recently in my own thinking about ChatGPT is that it's it's very good at like one of the one of the things that it has made me see is that there are many different versions of English mm. um and you'd think that and I'm not talking about dialects, I'm talking about like the way that academics speak versus the way that right. lay people speak, or like the way that product managers speak versus the way that lay people speak, yes. or like all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of inefficiency just in, in in our lives just because those subgroups of people like can't talk to each other. It's so true. Um, and even think about the way that like you know different subreddits like they all have those different they have different yeah, languages. Yeah, for, yeah. for Think for the of way like they the
0: talk. Wall Street Bets. Like I, I won't use the terms. So exactly. they call each other certain things, and, yeah. but it's like it's a community. Yeah. And by the way, like so my husband went to Princeton, and I make fun of all of him and his friends because Mm -hmm. sometimes there's just like this list of words in their vocabulary where I'm just like no one knows what Sisyphean means or (laughs) Sisyphean I don't even know how to say it but it's like they use terms where I'm like it's cool for you but like yeah you're like to your point there is a gap
1: there's a gap and I think ChatGPT is like really good at like doing like these like subtle translations between different groups of people that wouldn't ordinarily be able to communicate yeah and that's like really 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 valuable yeah
0: and to yeah. your point it extends also to other languages yeah, right there are totally. people i was listening to something yesterday was it on your podcast because i binged where they, they someone was talking about how uh they basically knew people who were not very fluent in english um, um, yeah and then right and then they like skyrocketed yeah, right yeah, to, yeah. it was like full proficiency yeah. that is so cool by yeah. the way
1: yeah it's 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 really cool it's like it's sort of magical to watch and it'll only get better mm-hmm. um it's yeah it's really i know fun. this is
0: the worst this yeah will be. i love that
1: <laughs> yeah cool so i that's great i love i love i love this use case um going back to uh going back to your list there one of the things that I, I i'm sort of curious about is it sounds like you're using it to see other sides of debates yeah um, i love that tell us tell us about that
0: yeah so let me pull up this this was um so um, I went to a dinner in Napa with some with my husband and a friend, and it was like a pretty expensive dinner. Mm-hmm. And we got not great service. And then we ended up just being kind of like qu- all like quibbling about how much we should tip. Yeah. And I, and then we t- started talking about, you know, like the stripe or, or sorry, square um, checkout things that right. are at cafes. Yeah. And just this whole thing where I've been seeing it more. There's just an interesting backlash against tipping
3: yeah. and
0: I feel that to some degree
3: mm-hmm.
0: but coming back to what I said before I was kind of like I have this frustration with mm. some of the tipping changes
3: yeah
0: but I also am like what's the other side to this like yeah. what what would someone else say mm-hmm. about you know the people who need the tips et etc so I said uh hey ChatGPT, GPT could you provide me with a debate between two people arguing about whether tipping should exist in America mm. and then it did and it's like I didn't even by the way ask for this format but it literally broke down like there's a moderator and then there's like this guy named alex talking to jordan and it just breaks down in really clear bullet points what each side Mm. would say Mm -hmm. and i just thought it was really helpful to i guess understand both sides and obviously you can apply this to way more controversial topics than tipping
1: how did it change if, if if it did at all how did it change how you think about tipping
0: well I feel like, um, did I ask any additional questions here? Um, I mean, let me look at this real quick. Cause I'm trying to re- refresh my memory. I do know that in going down the rabbit hole around tipping and doing additional research, mm-hmm. I learned a lot more about the history of mm-hmm. tipping and where it came from. Mm-hmm. Did you know it actually came from Europe no. and then was brought to America mm-hmm. and then, uh, people in Europe thought it was too aristocratic. So then it's they like, actually like got rid like, yeah. of it. <laughs> and then it's like, it's very interesting and there's like slavery that was involved in it and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's an interesting phenomena because it is not universal.
1: Yeah.
0: Every country tips differently. Yeah. Um,
1: it is that is interesting. It's 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 also one of those things where once you get into a specific regime like tipping or not tipping, it's very hard <laughs> to flip. So yeah. like um in in New York there's this guy Danny Meyer who's like runs Union Square Hospitality Group which owns Shake Shack and a bunch of like really really okay. nice yeah. restaurants. Um and they decided to eliminate tipping and to and to make their menu prices reflect the, like, yeah. a living wage for well, the staff. Well, that's my
0: argument as yeah. well. I just think it should be, like, I don't think people should make less. Yeah. I just think it should be in the price
1: Of the meal. scheme. Yeah.
0: And then I also think, by the way, if it is just a tax, yeah. which it feels like, right, this whole idea of, like, you, you tip, like, around 20%, yeah. then... That's okay, but just like then it should be marketed or branded that way, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm. Um, not this like societal, like you re- people say that tipping is to reward people right. for their actions. Right. Well, I feel like if that's true, then there should be a way wider range. That's right. my argument. It's yeah. like eat, bake it into the price as much as you can, but then also I would like to reward mm-hmm. really great waiters or waitresses, yeah. but I'd like to reward them 50% and then not reward the people who don't do a good job right. or pay or you know, give them five, yeah. right? Yeah. And
1: yeah. I- I no I it's 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 a really interesting like complicated issue and like the thing that they found in in Union Square Hospitality Group is they tried to do it and and they did but I I think that they ha- they had to stop because oh. when you're the only one that doesn't have tipping yeah. customers feel like your your menu's more expensive mm-hmm. and um I think the wait staff they're making a a better base wage but yeah. some of them make a lot of money with tips they make so a lot. especially the best people are less likely to want to work there because they can go make more elsewhere and so it's like really hard to change once it's in a once it's either a tip once you have tipping it's hard to get rid of it and once you don't have tipping it's hard to add it
0: yeah it's just like taxes by the way like that I mean that is what's interesting about like all of these like these things that touch different jurisdictions um, is that a lot of people often what they're really arguing over is like what they want to exist mm-hmm. one side and the other side I think sometimes is more practical around the idea that like there is the reality of people moving to other places mm-hmm. or in like in the case of taxes like mm-hmm. there's been several studies around for example of like uh, I think France added like a billionaire tax mm-hmm. and it's like all the billionaires left mm-hmm. right <laughs> so it's like I'm not necessarily <laughs> commenting on like whether that's good or bad right. but I think this like even if we bring this back to like the internet it's just like recognizing the like broad swath of people who all have like individual desires and needs and et cetera and the fact that like not everywhere is is the same right
1: totally totally any anything else on on the on the debate stuff uh that you want to show or any other like chat gpt chats that you think would be interesting to talk about
0: um i think just calling out one thing this was like from my um my employer, I wasn't a part of this project, mm. um, but they did ship this thing called Sunlight. Mm. And I just think it relates to the thing that we're talking about where yeah. it basically um, is, it says, use an LLM to de your content. Mm. Um, and what you do is if you go to Sunlight, um, I'm opening it up on GitHub, but you can actually open it up on, where's the actual link, live demo here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can enter any sort of um, article and it doesn't need to be like a news article that maybe has more bias, um, but you put in a URL and Can you like. you put in
1: one of my articles? I'd yeah. I'd be curious. What, Which one? What but just um, uh, if you go to every.to. Yeah. Um, and then scroll down mm-hmm. to see what says chain of thought. Just click the chain of thought icon. Oh, yeah. And then click newest.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And let's see, keep going. Keep going. Uh, the knowledge economy is over. That's the one I, okay. I, I, I cited um, in our uh, in the intro of this episode. So I'm curious okay. what the bias is.
0: Well, what's funny, so obviously, this is such a human thing, by the way. Yeah. I also, the first thing I looked up was one of my own articles, or like <laughs> the same way people look themselves up on the internet. Um, and it was funny because it was my most shared article it was the how to be great article. Uh-huh. And it like, it was nice about it, but it was accurate too. It like ripped me apart. It was like this, this is like, it's just a lot of like, you know, tropes or like things that are like, maybe like not super well researched. Right. Or like not there's like maybe, um, some simplicity here is uh-huh. I guess what it was saying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep. that's <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> <It's true.
1: laughs> well, let's see what it does to me. I'm, I'm sweating a little bit here now that I know it's not very nice. <laughs>
0: well, no, 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 it does it in a very nice way, but I was okay. just kind of like, it definitely surfaced, I think some accuracy mm-hmm. about, you know, how, mm-hmm. how it could be interpreted.
1: Okay. So it's given us some factual claims. The author, Dan Shipper, has started using AI tool ChatGPT for summarizing tasks, freeing up his intelligence for directing or editing the summarizing. The author predicts that handing off summarizing to AI will become widespread in the future, impacting the economy. Okay. So like, yeah, it's it's getting, it's getting Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: So it has factual claims yeah. and then I'll scroll down. There is an analysis, which this part is about, um, I guess, so it says tech optimist, techno optimistic. Okay, and so yeah. I think different articles would get different flags. I,
1: true. Like guilty, <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's like is it
0: you see these things and you're like
1: yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it says the article "The Knowledge Economy is Over: Welcome to the Allocation Economy" presents a speculative view of the future of work in the age of AI. The author's bias is evident in his optimistic view of AI's <laughs> role in the future economy, which he refers to as the allocation economy. He suggests that AI will take over tasks such as summarizing, and humans will transition from being makers to managers, allocating tasks to models. Um okay the author fur- further reveals his his bias in his assertion that ai is an abstraction layer over lower level thinking this is an oversimplification does not take into account the complexities and limitations of ai it also dismisses the value of human intelligence and creativity and problem solving it's filled with speculative statements <laughs> this is what i was referring to i
0: got something similar where it was like yeah basically like she did not like you know
1: wow okay um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I feel bad officially. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I would say, like, for the kind of content that we write, yeah, obviously there might be some bias, and like yeah. maybe it's, um, you know, there are certain statements that aren't necessarily backed by like a scientific yeah. study or something like yeah. that. But what I think this is more helpful for are things that are like truly biased, whether it's like along the political right. spectrum or, or or just, I mean, something that if someone happens to chase certain content yeah. uh, of a certain style this could help them recognize that it's like quite extreme in one direction yeah. versus i don't think i haven't read this article in depth yeah. but like i don't think it's extreme in that way the question though is just whether um anyone would ever actually change their habits based on this or even think to use something like this right. if they're that far down yeah. a bias
1: that that makes uh, it's, it's it's a good question there's so much incentive to like be more biased you know yeah I had a friend who worked on this thing that um, it was this. uh, It was based on this study that if you if you're a conservative and you read something in like Fox News um, that is liberal leaning, you're more likely to like Mm -hmm. believe it. Mm -hmm. Same thing for like if you're liberal and you read in the New York Times or whatever. And so he built this Chrome extension that. Um, would basically, if you were a conservative, it would feed you li- oh. liberal stories from Fox News. And yeah, if yeah, you're a liberal, yeah. it would feed you conservative stories from New York Times to like try to reduce polarity. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool and it got some traction, but like it, it's like it's not, it's always going to be a niche thing, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, because I, I think that's a really clever way to do it. I think the other ways I've heard people do it is like, let me just like show all of the different sides in one place. Yeah. And I think that version definitely does not work because we do gravitate towards certain certain you could say like other humans that we resonate with right. and um i think that's a clever way to do it. it the question is just like i think our brains are so like hardwired to seek out certain things yeah. even with the nuance of like even though this is from fox news let's say if someone is like quite far in one direction they will even sniff that out i think yeah. like i think they would be like oh this article is like not the kind i actually like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. same in the other direction it's
1: yeah it's a it's a hard problem to solve um yeah. Okay, so uh, so that was um, disturbing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny
0: is it's like it's kind of like when people Google themselves and yeah. they're like, "Oh, I'm not here." <laughs> like, <laughs> there are other more important assessments yeah. like. <laughs>
1: um, But um, but yeah, I, I love to I love to keep going. So, are there more historical chats uh, that you want to get into that you want to show us, um, or or do you want to um, move into our, our the exploration phase of this discussion?
0: Um let's just see I think we've covered uh, most of the interesting ones maybe one that's potentially helpful for yeah. people is just the cleaning up data oh yeah show us that one um, this was one of my earliest ones and there was a task where I have this website um, or I think I here tags for untranslatable words i have this website called unoya and mm-hmm. it's just this directory of untranslatable words and that's so good you can see this is a pretty long thread because i actually got it to do what does you me mean for me um it's a greek word that basically means like a beautiful mind or, or beautiful thinking mm, which is that's kind nice. of i thought housed yeah. the directory pretty yeah. well or the ethos of it um but basically i i had this to-do list task where there was I'm always adding to Unoya, but it's like very far and few between because mm-hmm. I'll get like a hundred new words, and yeah. then I tag them with these like very broad like is it about like society or mm. like beauty or nature or whatever, yeah. and you can see all the tags here on the screen. Okay. But basically, I had all these new words that I wanted to upload, and I just didn't want to tag them. I and so, sitting in my to-do list, and I just said hi, ChatGPT. I'm building a database of untranslatable words. I already have the words, but each one needs one to three tags mm. associated with it. I'll supply you each word, and then you can select the correct tags from a list that relate to the definition. Just a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like I, this is again where I love that you know you don't have to like. Make it right. super like yeah. correct for a human like ChatGPT will understand it. Yeah. Um. And then obviously ChatGPT said I'd be happy to help. Can you imagine <laughs> like if it was like no, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> um. And then I said great. So I'm not sure because this was quite a while ago why I chose this approach. But what I did is I said great. Let's try one first. The word is Kokoro. Um. And mm-hmm. then I said the definition is X. Um. Because it obviously needs the definition. Mm-hmm to abstract what Mm -hmm. the tags are. Mm -hmm. The list of tags is below. Reminder, each word can have one to three tags that fit. Mm. And then I sent the tags and then it said, based on the definition you provided, tags that seem best fit are these ones. And in this case, it did a pretty good job. So I said, "Great job. Let's try another word." And I sent another word and the definition and it did it again. And then I said, "Great. You seem to understand the assignment. Now, can you please return the responses with just the tags in a formatted table with the columns?" And I just said word, mm. tag 1, tag 2, tag 3. Mm. And then I just sent a bunch of the words and the definitions and look what it gave me. That's
1: amazing. It's
0: it's truly amazing, but it did This is again, this was one of my first maybe dozen Uh, chats with chat GPT so this is Mm -hmm. many many months ago Mm. and I think it tended to hallucinate a little more back then so you might notice actually it added new tags so for example like sensory was not a tag in here slang was not a tag Um, but pretty good Um, it got all the like it knew the format it included all the words and it included three tags for each and then I, I guess I, w- I was happy enough with that because I didn't want to be like, can you do this again, but not these tags. I right. just knew it was going to hallucinate a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, here's a much longer list of words, <laughs> as you can see there. Um, and then it, it, it basically didn't do it. Yeah. It broke. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, I basically learned that, maybe to your point about like, if you go far enough down the line, like it messes up for whatever reason. Yeah. So I was like, let me just give it the precise original prompt that seemed to work with the longer set. So mm-hmm. I just said, hey, like, this is precisely what I want, this table with these yeah. columns, and then here are all the words, yeah. and it did it. Uh, you can't see there, but again, it, it did hallucinate a little bit, a yeah. Little bit more. Yeah. Um, so it, it took a little bit of back and forth, but the point is that, like, you can see one time it hallucinated and didn't do the table, and then I said, hey, can you put it in the table? Yeah. And so, but the point is, eventually, um, This back and forth seems longer than it actually took. It took me probably like 15 minutes to get a table of like 100 of these words, if not more. And then all I had to do was just scan... And we like, no, that's wrong. Like, let me add this one. And so it took it definitely reduced it by like a, a factor or like an order of magnitude.
1: This is great. I mean, this is like exactly the the point I'm trying to make in the in the the piece we just looked at that's com- incredibly biased and techno optimistic, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. about um, sort of um, people moving from from doing a lot of, of a lot of individual contributor work to. Um, managing models and mm-hmm. that they run into the same when they do that you get more leverage but you also run into the same issues that managers of today get when they manage people which yeah. are for example sometimes when you give a task to someone who you're managing they mess it up like a little bit right yeah. and like it's it's a, it's a huge question for any manager to be like how far into the details do i go mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of managers are like well, I don't give people anything cuz they'll mess it up, so I do it all myself. But then you realize like you're just going to be doing yeah. all the work yourself and like you don't get any leverage that way. Mm-hmm. So then you have to you have to learn how to like which questions to ask, how to check things, how to edit things, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that is a skill itself for ChatGPT where a lot of people will be like, "Oh, it hallucinated. Like I could just do this myself." And it's like, "Yeah, you could just do it yourself." Um, but you'll get a lot more leverage and you'll you'll end up going faster if you learn the kind of mistakes it's likely to make and learn how to manage yeah. it. Rather than just being like, well, it's useless and I'm not I'm not going to use it in the same way that managers of today have to learn that same skill.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, every time you get something incorrect from ChatGPT, it's like a somewhat of a reflection of your instruction set yeah. and how good you are at yeah. communicating that. And by the way, that's like I have been that manager that you're describing who I'm just like, it's just easier to do myself. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think this is also really helpful for people. Like I had a friend do something like this with ChatGPT where he's like, I I, like remo- I use ChatGPT to, like, remove all the duplicates and something. And I was like, you can do that in, in Google Sheets. Like,
2: that's
0: like, a, <laughs> that's like a button. But there's something really interesting about the fact that uh, this is, like, a wrapper of all the things that you might be able to do in something like a Google Sheets yeah. or Excel or Microsoft Word. Yeah. And um, But it, it doesn't require you to know what exists. It just requires you to know what you want, mm. right? And so instead of, like... People know that they want to remove duplicates from a list or add tags to something, Mm. but some portion of the population does not know that you can do that very easily in, like, insert application here. This is, again, like a wrapper that, like, abstracts that and is like, you actually don't need to know what functions exist or that we've, like, custom coded into here. It just just tell me what you want and, like,
1: we'll work through it. That's so true. That is, it's like the... I think one of the downsides of ChatGPT is it's so general that like people don't know where to start mm-hmm. which I think is why the show is is like helpful for people but the the other side of it is like if you know what you want you don't have to like think about can it do this like it it'll try you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and I think another takeaway right is it doesn't it hasn't, doesn't have to be binary like right or wrong yeah. in this case it instead of me doing it myself for 6 hours I mean, I don't know if it takes six hours. Point is, like, for many hours right. it would have taken for me to do this right, um, or I could get ninety percent plus yeah. there in fifteen minutes. Yeah. That's much better, and so totally. it's not like right or wrong. Right.
1: So, what is your um? What's your top untranslatable word of the moment?
0: Oh, and why? Shoot, I don't know if I have a top one uh, of the moment, mm-hmm. but what I will say is, my favorite ones are the ones that like reflect something about where it's from in a very concrete way. Mm. So um, if you think about words, I'm going to get more meta here, but they're they're code, right? They're code for Mm. an experience. Mm. Um, And so if you think about why we create code in the form of language it's because all of us like have all these neurons and things happening in our brain we're experiencing the world and we want to be able to communicate that to someone else Mm -hmm. and if something happens enough if an experience happens at a threshold where we're like we no longer want to explain this in a paragraph we turn it into a word Mm. right and so that's why um i find it so interesting when words exist only in one place like these untranslatable words because i think Often it says something about an experience happening at a threshold high enough only in that place. Yeah. Right. And so for example, there's there's some that are uh quite happy. I'll share a sad one first because I mm-hmm. think it like kind of makes this concrete. Mm-hmm. There's a word in Japan for people who basically die from working too hard. Mm-hmm. Like literally they like mm-hmm. fall on their yeah. desk because they've worked too hard. Yeah. Um and th- that. Word doesn't exist in English because the work culture is different. Now, simultaneously, there's words in parts of Scandinavia that mean work happiness, which also don't exist in English. Mm. And like, again, there's this threshold of experience where someone where something um, happens enough in one place that they decide, let's no longer say this in a sentence or a paragraph. Let's actually encode it into something that we can communicate much more quickly. (laughs) It's interesting. And so I like... When that happens, there's ones like there's one in um, Sweden um, that basically is like waking up to hear the birds sing, and I'm like, why don't we have that? <sighs> <right?">
1: Scandinavians or <laughs> Northern <laughs> Europeans or whatever amazing, I yeah. love it.
0: <laughs> and by the way, it's also interesting just to look at. I mean, this is n- not comprehensive, there's probably like 700 words on Unoya, yeah, but it's also interesting at the very least to reflect on which countries have the highest concentration of these untranslatables And japan for at least based on my data set is far and wide the most and if you've ever been to japan you kind of feel that you feel like the culture is like if you were to like map it Mm. on some sort of like web japan feels like it would be like more distant in some really excellent and also sad ways like I just said right like they have words for like walking um in the forest like basically like a forest bath Mm -hmm. right and it's like refreshing your brain so that's like a positive version that doesn't exist in our culture but um so yeah coming back to your question i don't know if i have a favorite but i love any that i'm like wow that does feel very japanese russian german you know whatever it might be
1: yeah i'm surprised that you think it's it's japanese because there's a whole meme that it's like there must be a german word for this you know yeah
0: Yeah. but that's because of so that's an interesting thing there are a bunch of german words in here but a lot of the german words um the way that german works is they'll basically piece together words like compound word yeah it's basically a compound word but then they make it they make it a word mm. so like there's one word that a lot of people um or is, is in the directory but it's like um fear that you know time is running out yeah and i think it's just like time panic wow right so it's like things like that yeah
1: what do you think it says about german culture that like they have a word for schadenfreude
0: i don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm german by the way no so. are you okay yeah. do you speak german no um but i actually just recently got my german citizenship okay um, but uh, I don't nice. speak EU, German. Yeah. EU passport. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: I got, I'm, I actually have a British passport, but yeah. I got it like within a year of Brexit. So okay. I was like, nah, yeah, darn. sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't vote in it. So I didn't have a part in that. <laughs> just
1: sitting pretty with my EU. Yeah, or... <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's pretty good
0: access. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I There are words where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the key takeaway of this like culture. Cause yeah. it doesn't feel as representative mm. of like the country. Yeah. But then there are words where I don't know if I'm just extrapolating more where I'm like, Hmm. Hmm. But Schadenfreude, or I don't know how you pronounce it, does feel one of, like one of those words that's like I appreciate that it exists because yeah. I think it's more of a reflection of humanity.
1: Definitely, yeah, right. Absolutely.
0: Where when people hear it, they're like, "Oh, of course, I felt that." Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like yesterday.
1: <laughs> um. Cool. This is great. I love it. So I'm going to move us into the next portion of this discussion, which is the exploration phase, where uh, we're gonna we're gonna um. What are we going to do together <laughs> i don't know
0: <laughs> we're going to go down the internet rabbit hole okay it sounds like in um, some way yeah
1: i'm going to move us into the next portion of our discussion where we're going to go down the internet rabbit hole we're going to use some of the the internet research tools that that you use to to vet and understand ideas uh, and, and maybe we will use some ai as well and we're going to see what, what, what we do okay um and specifically uh the thing that we sort of came up with is one of the things i, I think you're really good at is like if I have a business idea, like how do I do the research to like understand the market, understand if it's a good idea, help mm-hmm. refine it, help di- differentiate it. So I think it'd be really fun to, I always have like lots and lots of random ideas. So what I want to do is I'm going to pitch you some ideas. You say which ideas you think are interesting. We'll pick okay. one of them and then we'll go down your your rabbit hole to like understand it more. And I think there are a couple ways that we can incorporate ChatGPT into this process and it's going to be going to be really fun. And maybe by the end of this, we will have a business idea that we can start. Okay. Cool. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch. It's gonna be like a little mini Shark Tank. Be as brutal as you want. Um, I've always
0: wanted to be a judge on Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. So
1: um, and uh, and yeah, just like let's find something that you're you're excited about. Okay. So my first idea, it's women's walking shoes, and I'll tell you about this. So uh, my mom has been like walking around her neighborhood for like I don't know 20 years since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Um, And she just goes like on one walk a day. And it's like a it's like a it's a leisurely stroll, but to like keep active, basically. OK. And she used to like I think at the Nike store, they used to have a section of shoes that was specifically for walking. Mm. Um, but they got rid of it. And now it's just like running and like very active things. Yeah. And my mom has complained that like she feels like those shoes aren't really for her and look
0: wise or look wise and just like functionality wise like walking
1: is a different thing from running you Mm -hmm. know like you have different parameters for for what you want when you're when you're on a walk yeah and so i feel like it would be like i've just had in the back of my head that i'm sure if she's feeling that way that there's probably a lot of other people who feel that way where you're you're like Mm -hmm. i'm a frequent walker as my form of exercise and i don't really feel like traditional running shoes are like my thing um and so i've like had in the back of my head like maybe i could like start like a d to c like walking shoe brand for moms, basically. Mm-hmm.
0: The fur moms bit yeah. would probably work. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's the, that's number one. Um, number two, um, brand name, g- generic Zoloft or any other kind of um, like antidepressant or any other kind of medication manufacturer. So like basically if you're taking, there's, there's like tons and tons and tons of uh, prescriptions for Zoloft or any other kind of SSRI or, yeah. or SNRI or anything for mental health and um most of them are generic now because they yep. they haven't been up-
0: patents expired yeah, patents yeah.
1: expired um but like if you get a generic prescription it's sort of like a bummer like it's it's cheap which is great but like i feel like you know like with for example if you're taking psilocybin and you're doing psilocybin therapy like there's yeah. this whole like ritual to it where you're like it's mm. like the set and setting and like that's oh, gonna that's affect how it like how it affects you yeah and i i feel like um antidepressants like have the potential for that mm-hmm. um, and can be like really transformative for, for people, but they're like purely done in this like kind of clinical way that like... They is, make you like, feel
0: bad that Yeah, you're they make you them. feel bad that
1: you're taking them. Yeah. And so I feel like it would be really interesting to like create a brand around generic uh, drugs. Um, so that's another one. I don't know anything about like uh, the legalities or whatever. Yeah, like, there's
0: definitely some considerations. I don't know specifically about like antidepressants in yeah. this case, but like for example... Certain drugs you can't brand yeah. in certain ways, even just in terms of packaging. Mm. I know, for example, in Canada, they have different regulations than America, even though weed is legal in Canada, all of the different weed that you would get from the government or the yeah. government stores just look like these white boxes with like very clinical, you know, you can imagine mm-hmm. like what a drug box would look like. Yeah. Which is interesting because all these brands want to, you know, once it became legalized, they wanted to be able to market to different right. people and attract right. certain audiences. But you can't do that with like a white box with like very yeah. limited color differentiation right. or anything. So that's a consideration. But there's def- that's definitely a rabbit hole we can go yeah, down.
1: That would be really interesting. Okay, so so that's one. Another one is a product that like we're actually building right now inside of Every. Um, that I launched a little demo of it. Um, on Twitter that went viral, which I I've linked and I I'll you know yeah, I'll you know I'll, I'll link it in I'll link it in the show notes so people can can look at it. But basically the the idea it's called Sparkle. And the idea is um, my desktop and uh, downloads and documents folders are Mm. always a freaking mess. Um, And I don't ever want to organize them. And so it's a little uh, app that just is always running on your computer. It's hooked up to GPT-4. And um, it basically, when you first run it, it looks at all the files that are on your desktop or on your downloads. It's like... These are the categories Mm -hmm. and then it puts them all into folders and then it keeps them organized in that folder structure Mm -hmm. um, indefinitely, basically. So everything is always organized, but you don't have to touch it. And I'm excited about it, but like I don't really know anything about the market, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) That's one of those where, I mean, we can we can go down that rabbit hole too, where it's kind of like, yeah, we'd have to figure out the willingness to pay for sure.
1: Yeah. That's I have a little bit of a little bit of evidence there where like um we launched a version of this pre AI like Mm -hmm. three years ago and we got a lot of like signups for it. Um so I have a little bit of validation, but like yeah, I don't I don't actually know.
0: By the way, I think that's actually like that sphere of products I'm very excited about with AI Mm -hmm. because the whole concept of a second brain I feel like was mismarketed in Mm -hmm. a way, like not calling out anyone in particular, but the whole idea of being fully augmented. Mm was just like the technology wasn't there, yeah. but I actually feel like AI it's, changes it's that paradigm.
1: Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like all of the things like I've been a note taking nerd for so long and like all the things that I've dreamed of are like finally happening. Yeah.
0: Really <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I don't have to feel overwhelmed yeah. by my, you know, notion, Evernote, whatever, because yeah. I actually can have something helping me totally. versus I feel like it's. So far for most people including myself yeah. actually more of a brain drain than a second brain totally
1: yeah that's that's a good one that's a good line I like it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I actually just came up with that on the spot but it, it definitely resonates like I uh, internet pipes by the way would have been created years ago mm-hmm. if not for just like the fact that I actually didn't have a second brain yeah. I actually didn't use AI very much or really at all in this but like the point is I was overwhelmed by this like sea of information mm-hmm. that was just like sitting yeah. So that's why, like, I do think for most people it's a brain drain.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, a couple more. So one is, I think, uh, the next one is, it's not a product idea. It's just, like, I think people-pleasing is a big problem for people. Um, I don't know why. Like, uh, I definitely never do that. Um, I, I'm a huge, I, it's a huge problem for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for me, too. <laughs> and and, um, and so, uh, and I think that there's just, like, not enough stuff. For those kinds of people mm-hmm. um so maybe there's like a category I, I would just be curious to know like what are the communities out there i know there are a couple but like i'd like to map those communities and see mm-hmm. like what could possibly be offered to those people is kind of an interesting one for me my next one is um warm baseball caps um i really like wearing baseball caps but wearing a baseball cap in new york in the winter when it's like literally the freaking surface of the moon temperature out <laughs> is like the yeah. worst you know and so, so then i have to choose between like looking the way I want to and being warm. And I would okay. rather just like have a warm baseball cap. Okay. And I think it's possible to make, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I feel like I need to know if anyone actually searches this. <laughs> That's my first go-to for anything like this, right? Which is coming back to like our very earliest yeah. conversation, how Google is just this... It is this data set that shows what people are actually searching for. In this case, at least I use this extension called Keywords Everywhere. Uh-huh. It's saying 320 searches per month, which is low. So there's
1: not that many people like but me, basically. this is one saying. of those,
0: like, I don't know. You come back to the, like, uh, fast horse thing. Yeah. Where I feel like it's one of those where I'm like, do people just not know that they want that a warm baseball cap? Yeah. And you might be able to, through secondary keyword research, actually see, like, People are looking for like better looking toque or better, you know, some version of not this, but insinuating that they actually want a warm version of something stylish.
1: Totally. But I think that's a really interesting move that you just did, because like I've been thinking about this idea for like weeks and like I never, I never never typed in warm baseball cap. Like, (laughs) like I theoretically i want this for yeah, myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and rather than like actually researching it, i was like maybe i could like make a whole company to do it Am yeah i know <laughs> i know well
0: that's what's funny and so when i show people these tools i'm like this is useful not just to be like oh let me go spot, spot a trend but yeah. let me figure out if actually no one wants this that's yeah. equally valuable to be yeah. like oh there's actually not that much search volume for this yeah. you know barring what i said before which is that there could be like secondary right. versions that insinuate that yeah. someone actually wants this.
1: Yeah. I think the thing that's like in the way is you don't want to find out that your idea sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I know. But we all have terrible ideas. Right. right? So yeah. I think. Well, I mean, I think another version of that is a lot of people, if they see research about that indicates a lack of demand. Yeah. They will go down that like fast horse version. They'll almost mm-hmm. like convince themselves that, oh, well, people don't search for this because they don't know they need yeah. it. And obviously that exists, yeah. but actually the the broad majority of things people are searching for, they actually do know what they want. Right. And that's why like the beauty of Google or ChatGPT or all these like search engines is that humans actually are telling that data set what right. they want and what they would tell you if you were to pitch the idea like on Shark Tank or something, right. they'd be like, oh, that's not bad, yeah. whatever. But you know the search data is more accurate
1: right right no that that makes a lot of sense um and i think it's like it's the kind of thing where you have to like literally spend years of your life working on a product that no one wants before you this before you start learning how to like do research Mm -hmm. to like invalidate your idea before you like like pour blood sweat and tears into it and i'm saying this like I've done this a lot, and I'm still not doing it. But like for something I really took seriously, I would I yeah. would definitely do the research. Um, but it's just so funny that it's not.
0: Quick question yeah. though: um, Do you see on my screen this one and yes. this one?
1: Uh huh.
0: Because your whole thing was like you want it warm and stylish. Yeah. yeah. That for the for the listeners, there are these caps that have like ear coverings. <laughs> I want the ear covering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say because some like it, clearly like someone has created a version of this. I'm gonna open this up. Yeah. Sorry, Amazon. Um someone just had to pay for that click (laughs) (laughs) when I pull this up that one little tactic this is not like um this is not revolutionary Mm -hmm. but just going to the ratings um this is where you want to pay attention to a few things like one of them is for anything that's five stars Mm -hmm. are they just like oh yeah like good like Mm -hmm. I'm very happy with this Mm -hmm. or are they like I've been looking for this, Mm. you know, like you're saying, I've been thinking about this forever. I can't believe I didn't find this until now. Mm. So that's helpful. But actually the most helpful things often, especially if you're looking at creating a comparable product or some other version of what you're looking at is to look at the two and three star reviews. Interesting. Because the one stars are just like the, um, my husband likes to say like irrationally angry. (laughs) They're just like, just, they're like super upset about something and they probably would be upset about any product. And then similarly, five stars aren't very, um, helpful either, but the two and three stars are typically where you'll see someone basically say, you know what? Like I was looking for a warm hat. This was warmer. I didn't realize that I actually don't like that. Mm -hmm. The ears Mm -hmm. do something to my face or like that. That's not really what I want. Mm -hmm. Um, but you'll see other versions of that where they're like, Oh, well, um, I really like this, this, uh, phone carrier case. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually need it to be like HIPAA compliant or whatever. That's just something for like documents that would apply to, but you can find little pockets where you're like, oh, this is a good product. I could spin it in this way and enough people want that.
1: That's really interesting. What are you, what are you gleaning from this? Like, uh, what's the verdict on on this idea?
0: Well, let's start with what we said that let's look at the five stars. What are they happy with? If anything, winter outdoor hat, It's funny because also you get kind of some of the stories, Mm -hmm. um, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. I love to wear baseball.
1: caps. (laughs) This is me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it says, my wife found this one for me and it is so warm on my bald
1: head. (laughs) Not me. (laughs)
2: And the
0: ear covers are awesome. Uh, Very dark colors. So, I mean, this does um, validate this thesis of like other people who were specifically looking for something in cold weather and it's something that they were thinking about. I'm not seeing like super exuberant right. behavior on mm-hmm. this or mm-hmm. even like some of this is like gifting or I'm like dad mm-hmm. loved it mm-hmm. um but
1: and gifting's a negative like you want to find like first person kind of
0: I think uh, gifting's not necessarily negative if it's if there's like some sort of like common gift that people give yeah. or sometimes you can find something special like i for example have been thinking of creating like a hot sauce tasting kit mm-hmm. and that feels like a very giftable thing mm-hmm. um there might not be search volume for that but it's something that people might talk about right i don't know if this is the kind of thing people would virally talk about to their friends and right. family right. as a gift <laughs> um so i don't think gifting's net bad yeah. um but what you do want is ideally The reason gifting could be slanted negative is like you want things that individual people on mass realize they need and then search for in some way.
1: I think that's also maybe one of the problems with this idea is like it's supposed to be sort of stealth that it's Mm -hmm. warm. And so it's not obviously something that other people are going to pick up on that you're wearing. Right. It's not a walking advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's harder to make that kind of a product work.
0: So get the three stars. Great concept. Decent execution um
2: <laughs> what?
0: this first one this is exactly the solution i was looking for for a warm hat that looks relatively normal and not an elmer <laughs>
2: as
0: many so it seems like some people are unhappy about the size here mm-hmm. um ear flaps are pretty thin in this case Interesting. um flimsy yeah so this is a case where like i'm not i don't know if there's like a glaring like definitely there's an opportunity here mm-hmm. but if you were to pursue this opportunity even just very quickly scanning the three-star reviews yeah. it's like oh well the people who wanted this really wanted to be warm right. and like this is some great middle area where it doesn't really facilitate their needs
1: that makes sense yeah um, okay, so um, it seems like we've, we've uh, very quickly invalidated the warm hat idea, <laughs> which is cool. Like, I actually like that we've, we've crossed it off. Like, now I don't have to wonder what if, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I should say, like, all, that was obviously, like, very, very cursory yeah. research. Um, but it's also worth doing some of this research to have a sense of size, and, you know, that's a, an example where, like, someone actually, and someone has, right, created a small business around this. Yeah. But it's also helpful to understand as you're looking at these things, mm-hmm. it's not just the trend, but it's, like, how, you know, are you looking to create a multi-million dollar business? Where yeah. it's, like, you actually just want to solve your own problem mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, create, like, a lifestyle like business on, the, on the side. Store, yeah. yeah. Etsy, by the way, is, like, huge. Yeah. I bet there's... Let's look. Yeah. I wonder if there's... Um...
1: Warm warm hats on Etsy. <laughs> yeah, there's probably like some some guy who just like makes millions of dollars like making warm hats on Etsy. You know, the, the craziest
0: thing is I've gone further down the Etsy rabbit hole is the amount of um, hyper-personalized content. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the biggest thing on Etsy. People like will create these like puzzles for the babies mm. and, you know, bridal things. Mm-hmm. Everything's just like personalized, mm-hmm. um, the top stores on here. So warm baseball caps so we see that same 320 that's from that same extension keywords everywhere um so i'm not corduroy (laughs) oh these (laughs) are there we we go
1: (laughs) everyone has the same idea
0: 678 reviews i mean that's not that low um
1: but it's a 43 three dollar hat which is a lot
0: i have a pretty fundamental question for you if you don't like the ear flaps yeah how were you envisioning to be warm? <laughs> is this just like a thicker
1: Like, I'm just the idea guy, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> other people can do the execution here. Because <laughs>
0: at first, when you said it, I was like, Is he thinking like heating? Yeah, I'm thinking like that? it's like
1: lined, it's like lined with, uh, okay. because one of the things is wind comes through and that makes it that makes it cold. And then, um, yeah, I feel like if it was lined with something, it would just like retain a little bit more heat. So it's like it's not supposed to be as warm as a beanie, but it's like. It's a bit better. Okay. Yeah.
0: So a thick hat. Yeah. <laughs> we can look <laughs> that up With three Cs. That's the domain. Thick, thick,
2: thick
0: hat. <laughs> Cap. I mean, I feel like there's probably no search volume for this, but let's check. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, one of the things that I think is actually really underrated um, is, yeah, zero search volume. But okay. obviously, this, there's probably other permutations, which we can look at here, like, the long tail like, keywords taking the for chin this? I'm in this
1: interview. Like, like my, my writing is biased and, <laughs> and my ideas have no search volume.
0: <laughs> well, so something that's helpful, by the way, is I think secondary keywords are really helpful. If you were to think through what they mean, mm-hmm. it's like if someone asked this, they might also ask this. Yeah. And sometimes they can tell you if there's a lot of like secondary keywords, which are just synonyms, you're like, oh, people are mm-hmm. thinking about this. They're just searching it in a slightly different I way.
1: See. And what is that plugin that you're using to find the secondary It's keywords? called Keywords Everywhere. Okay. And I'll
0: mention why it's great in a second. Obviously not affiliated. Mm-hmm. In this case, I'm not seeing any like synonym permutations. What I'm actually seeing is like something completely different, mm. which tells me that there's actually just not that much mind space being applied to this. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's like Google's actually saying like, we don't really see anyone search this. Are you actually, did you actually mean a baseball cap for thick hair? Mm. Which I guess is something that, some number some small number of people search Mm -hmm. but to me that's actually an indicator where you're like google has again this is a huge data set and so anytime google is like almost like trying to take you in a different direction if you're looking at these secondary keywords it's probably a signal that it's like it's like i haven't seen this before and to me that's a pretty strong indicator um but keywords everywhere is great because it allows you to spot things passively which Mm -hmm. i think is one of the most underrated uh things that you can do on mm. your internet journey because mm-hmm. think about all of the different mindsets you take to the internet right. sometimes you're working sometimes you're checking the weather sometimes you're looking up some brand or your friend's company or yep. this is just like endless ways that we use the internet and typically our minds are unidirectional while we're doing that it's like okay i need to go grab this thing right. from whole Foods, so that's all i'm doing however when you add these extensions and keywords everywhere is not the only one all of a sudden when you're on these trips through the internet you passively notice things like imagine just like i'm trying to think of a parallel example but like imagine if like a typical internet journey is like you biking down the road but like most people just have like a like a cone around their head (laughs) they can only see what's right in front of them but imagine you like take that cone off and you're like oh there's like a beautiful park over there and like oh my gosh there's all Mm -hmm. these people crowded around this magician like what is this magician doing but these passive examples are i think actually underrated because there's like both the, as we talked about, like the actionable things, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen things where I'm like, whoa, like yeah. there's 300,000 people who search or 300,000 queries for this every yeah. single month. And then also like, oh my gosh, this trend is exponential. But then there's also the kind of like more fluffy fun part, which is just like also equally, like there's all these people who care about this thing. Like, that's so cool. I'm not gonna go create a business. Yeah. But also if you're searching things like secondary keywords that pop up on the side, it's like, oh. yeah. I didn't realize that was like a related question.
1: That makes sense. I think what like w- another way to summarize what you're saying is like if you're if you want to be a creative person and if you want to make businesses, if you want to make books, like whatever you want, it's about noticing. Yeah. Um, and like really, really noticing what's going on around you because there's so much that's always going on. Mm-hmm. And a tool like, you know, Keywords Anywhere is going to like make that noticing sort of passive for you so that you don't necessarily have to be like thinking about it all the time. And maybe that like starts to just like make you think about it more so that you get into that mode more. Um, But yeah, that seems super valuable. I actually really want that. The only problem is I use Safari a lot and- um, Yeah, the Chrome uh,
0: extensions are a lot more like broad. I mean, that's you can see my extension bar up here. Like there's quite a few of them for that reason. I just think it's like, I I think of your browser by the way, as like your access point to the internet. And I think that's actually underrated where it's like, if you like, at least the both of us spend a lot of time online. yeah wouldn't you want that vehicle to be strong and seamless Definitely. and like an upgraded version yeah. of just like whatever comes out of the box
1: that makes sense um, my my other browser is is Arc and that has yeah. all the Chrome extensions, so yeah. I think it's another reason probably to like
0: I know I need my, to my I Arc need to usage. switch yeah you know there's like tools that you just have on your to-do list yeah. to, I've been wanting to do Arc actually for probably around a year now because I can't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter, asked this question like what is the i think it was something just along the lines of like what is the application Mm -hmm. that you use the most or Mm -hmm. like that you you just think is like so underrated and the two tools that i saw pop up there were descript which i use daily already and then arc and i was like i i gotta try it
1: i love that yeah cool it's great you should definitely check it out i'm full disclosure i am a small angel investor so i'm biased but yeah it's great
0: i mean can we just quickly talk about the concept i feel like is is amazing just this idea that like all of our internet journeys like moving to the cloud like the idea of a the same way we were talking about how appliances are like absorbed into this one phone it's like all of our work online like actually no longer needs your individualistic computer eventually like they talk about that like like the internet computer
1: yeah totally they're doing that they have a lot of really cool ai stuff i think if you're like specifically for internet rabbit holes it is like the best organizer of Mm -hmm. like lots of tabs and and all that kind of stuff and one of the features they have that i really love is it like if you leave tabs open overnight it like automatically cleans them the next day and you can go find them i didn't know that but it's like so much cleaner okay that's like a
0: thesis i (laughs) have i think there's there should be this um whole suite of products of software products that deal with expiry Mm. um yeah and we talk about we're both tech optimists one of the unfortunate downsides of technology is that there is no cleaning mechanism Mm -hmm. native right so if you think about like if you live in a house and you hoard you see all your stuff around you and you like you're like i can't deal with this anymore but software allows us to abstract that so things just pile up and Mm -hmm. then we also like just accept, oh, I have all these emails in my inbox. I have to get to them eventually. But I, for example, I I don't use it nearly enough now, but I had set up something in Notion that was like a to-do list and it was an expiring to-do list where I just decided, Mm -hmm. oh, if if I haven't checked this off in 30 days, then it disappears. And I think that's actually like- whole range of products could be designed just around this idea of expiry i've been
1: on that on that vibe for a long time like that's sort of what this whole sparkle thing is about like the the automatic cleaning of files and all that kind of stuff um that's i think it's it's so important and it's like really magical when it works yeah um okay so i want to just make sure we 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 pick we pick a product and and we go down we go down a rabbit hole we've done a little bit of the the baseball cap we can keep going with that if you if you're psyched about it my my last um Uh, My last pitch to add to you, which I I want to say because I think based on having um, gone through internet pipes you'd be into, is I was in Thailand recently, um, actually with Hirsch, who's the CTO of of, of Mm -hmm. Arc, of the browser company, Um, uh, and uh, there's this... There's this dish in Chiang Mai, which is a city in the north. If you've been, yeah, um, called Khao Soi, yeah, and it so is good. so good.
3: It's, so, it's good. so good. It's so good.
1: And you can't get it here. Like you can get it a little bit, but it's like not good. It's not good. Yeah, and, a lot of places. Um, and so I've been like looking at a bunch of YouTube videos on how to make it or whatever. But like, and I don't know if it's like a if it's like a D to C Khao Soi like ramen type thing or it's like a a Khao Soi restaurant or whatever. But I just think cow soy is going to happen at some point Mm -hmm. and i'm definitely not the right person to start this business but like it would be kind of interesting to investigate you know (laughs) yeah we could that
0: one's interesting (laughs) because i'm like i agree with you that i mean this is like a whole another like tangent of just this is going to sound really obvious and dumb to some people but just like if you've traveled the world enough i've had this realization when i'm in like vietnam for example it's like oh, the pho here is so much better because the ingredients are local. Mm -hmm. Like as in like the basil and all all of the spices that go into the soup are just fresher there. Mm -hmm. And so there are questions around just as you're like spreading food around the world, which is inevitable. Yeah. If you can do that well. Is
1: it even possible? Yeah. To like to make it good because the ingredients are not going to be as fresh, basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's definitely possible.
1: But it is a question (laughs) of
0: like, is it hard yeah how hard yeah Yeah, how hard
1: Yeah. (laughs) like we're not gonna fly in like lemongrass first class uh for for this experiment (laughs) yeah exactly i mean you
0: could it's just like what market are you going for
1: (laughs) billionaire cow soy lovers uh if if, if they exist i don't know Um, i mean we
0: could like start going down that rabbit hole so i mean the first thing like again i know this is oh so i said sigh i mistyped that cow soy um
1: (laughs) okay so you're you're so the first thing you're doing is you're googling um, and I just, just want to see how.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just curious how many, by the way, 590 people mistype that just like me <laughs> every month. Not very many, that's but. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like just even, so just people who are searching like this, Khao um, 110,000 per month. That's by the way, lot. something that's really uh, important to note as you search these things, Mm -hmm. is Google tells you the intent of the people searching it Mm -hmm. just by the nature of what is on the page. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about even like cow soy as a query at face value doesn't seem interesting, but it's like, are they searching the definition? Are they searching for pictures of it? Mm -hmm. Are they searching for recipes? Are they looking for cow soy near me? Mm -hmm. Like, and Google has enough context from all of the 110,000 searches per month to kind of bake that in. And in this case, it looks like most people who are searching this are looking for recipes, right? right? You can see like, this is a recipe page. This is a recipe page. And
1: just like, like in your, in your view, like is the a number of searches like more or less than you expected? And it does it seem interesting.
0: Um, I mean, 110,000 is like not, it's not low, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that's, th- like 300 right, for the more.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it's also, um, I mean, there's definitely like broader queries that reach too many millions yeah. a month. Uh, the point of like search volume isn't necessarily like necessarily to determine like is an idea good or bad Mm -hmm. from like the raw Mm uh number because we'll go further in you know in other dimensions it's more so just to get a sense of like yeah broadly like where does it fit in the like is it like huge is it like medium is it tiny and or is it nothing which Mm -hmm. is also even more valuable um how is that trending and you'll notice the trending up
1: i'm i'm ahead of the curve here <laughs> look at you like yeah, yeah. i think cow could be the next bone broth you know right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i do think like there's a whole chapter in internet pipes which i think is like very underrated which is taking things from one part of the world and applying them elsewhere right. um with the right branding or the mm-hmm. right like uh operational strategy like you said d2c yeah. right making it simple um so i mean even just at face value i love just showing people a SERP a search engine results page like mm-hmm. this and just being like, what can you learn? Right. And already you can learn like roughly the volume. You can learn that when people search this, they're looking for recipes, not some of the other things right. I mentioned. We learn that it's growing over time. Mm-hmm. We can look at the related keywords and you can see it's, you know, not surprising, but like house soy meaning, how soy restaurant, mm-hmm. main ingredients, mm-hmm. paste, recipe. So there's demand for not yeah. just obviously the term, but yeah. all these other things. Um, you also really quickly, just because Google's like pretty advance like you can see how many restaurants there are oh sorry i'm
1: weirdly zooming in here
0: but there's also did you know i discovered this recently there's food.google.com
1: no i did not know that
0: it's like a kind of abstracted version of google oh wow but you can see here
1: dishes in restaurants
0: yeah so i wonder actually if we can see very quickly and by the way sometimes it's helpful to do just like comparative searching Mm -hmm. so you asked me about like volume well there's no straight answer of, as to like whether 110,000 is good mm-hmm. but we can also look at something that's a little more popular and common something like pad thai or green curry right. to see um, so in this case I don't wonder if it tells you should then. we
1: just DoorDash dash some, <laughs> s- <laughs> yeah.
0: some caps right now <laughs> um, I mean again some of this is like some people might be thinking oh well not all of this is like extremely data-driven but i think what's helpful along the research journey is just picking up on things mm-hmm. and one of the things i'm picking up on is like the restaurants that are coming up here like don't really have high reviews mm. and it's like that's like a just a purely anecdotal or yeah. like qualitative thing that i'm noticing by
1: high reviews you mean number of, view, number well, of reviews or? no
0: i mean like the actual rating because
1: they're like 4.2 is like in your views so 4.2 is low for you out of five i think so okay
0: uh, maybe I'm just
3: picking. <laughs> I just like overly... Really <laughs> I'm to... just... I'm legitimately yeah.
1: asking. Like I would... I would have... I would put 4.2 as like... It's decent. You know, it's not yeah. like... A 4.9 is like... Oh, this is actually... This could be like really good. Yeah. It's decent, but not great. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but you're, you're saying it's sort of like... Eh. I think
0: it depends on the city, right? I know some... Ci- I'm not local to New York. Yeah. So like maybe in New York, yeah. it's like people yeah. rate right lower. There's definitely places in Bali, for example, yeah. in Canggu. Yeah. Everything was so high that we like some of my friends were like, we can't trust a 4.5. Right. Like a 4.5 that is not sense. good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I have I- that
1: with different apps too. Like DoorDash, I always rate five because yeah. I'm kind of rating my, my Dasher rather than the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the, the ratings are artificially high, but yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so coming back here, I mean, one thing we can, uh, my computer is freezing. There we go. Um, so we can also look at the people also search for mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so like, let's just quickly get a sense of like cow soy near me. That's like, you know, the classic like location based thing, by the way, are you thinking like, I guess we can figure this out along our journey, but like a restaurant, a kit,
1: uh, one of the things that occurred to me is that a big component of cow soy that makes it difficult to make is you have to make the cow soy like curry paste first. mm. Um, and if you just had the curry paste, it would be a lot easier to like put the rest together. And so maybe it's like a D to C curry paste. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Um, so yeah, like 5,400 people, it is increasing. I love to see charts like this, by the way, Mm -hmm. which are like low volume, but like growing for sure. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it's one thing, let me show you, like, if we just go to like Google trends, I always just like, you know how there's like saved queries. Mm -hmm. I always open tiger Tiger nut for like, (laughs) it's just, it's just there. It's just, it's saved in my bar. (laughs) Um, but I just wanted to show you and others like how long some of these trends can go so yeah. like edamame is my favorite because it's something that um people are pretty familiar with now mm-hmm. um but you can see it has trickled up since 2003 when they started tracking That's this so and it's just like continuously wow. because i yeah. think to your point if something is good and like try finding someone who's tried khao who like hates it yeah. there's not it's many not, people But to your point, there's just like operational or logistical constraints. But to me, this is like if someone can fix that, there's like latent demand for it. Um, I'm trying to think of like the next. Wow, edamame
1: is just like a force. (laughs) I didn't realize that.
0: (laughs) Okay. People are going to be like, you're talking about this on another podcast. People love these snackable beans, like lupini beans. (laughs) Have you heard me talk about lupini beans? No, I haven't. I wonder if this. I I don't even know how this graph is going to look. Oh, there we go. Lupini wow. beans are these, like, beans, I think, originally from Italy. But the reason people love them is because these beans actually taste quite good. Mm. They're highly snackable, mm. but they're very healthy. Like, they're, the, like the protein okay. and the other, like, fibers mm. in them. And so, these beans that are native to these parts of the world, mm-hmm. like Italy or, like, Japan, mm-hmm. I think just like are slowly you know now you can find edamame in a costco right right like as like a
1: chip replacement type thing uh, like uh the, the beans are migrating as a chip replacement or is yeah
0: just yeah. Like, i think a healthy enough snack got it yeah um okay so if we're thinking like a cow another few places that i would check for example are i mean reddit of course yeah. and so one tool that i always check and it's not always guaranteed to um surface something but it's just to see what subreddits exist this is and so cool. so
1: tell us what, what we're looking at here
0: this is a tool made by this guy um his last name is on vaca so that's you know why it's like his github mm-hmm. he didn't really name it um but it's a tool where you can see the interconnections on reddit mm. in any given subreddit and so we can st- i typically start with something broad that i know exists so mm-hmm. for example r slash thailand mm. And then once this does its whole animation, you can see the like related subreddits. Mm. This one doesn't seem as interesting, yeah. but you can kind of see like what What's potentially. T-E-F-L? Let's go to. Oh, that's
1: interesting. Vaz forums.
0: Have, isn't this the edge like people who go as teachers like oh, um, okay. to Thailand? But yeah, I mean, one interesting part of this little rabbit hole is purely just what other subreddits exist and by the way the same person who made that um, also made this map of reddit Mm. which is i use both often because they for whatever reason don't always function exactly the same this one tends to give you less subreddits like Mm. less nodes um in connectivity but it views everything in more of like an extended map where you can see if i zoom out all of the subreddits in this like large oh wow you can see it's kind of like a a world map right that's so cool yeah so you can see where like of all things like r slash thailand is in this thing which is kind of in travel land but also like kind of next to parenting interestingly enough and like yeah
1: how did they make this
0: um, I think he's just like a machine learning engineer. Cause if you look at a lot of his, pro- he's done this in really interesting ways. He's uh-huh. like another one of these like top five creators yeah. for me who just does this for fun, but he's got another tool, for example, where he's done the same thing for Google queries where it's like X versus Y. Mm-hmm. And so you can see for like any given thing, a, a product, what are the comparison. most obvious close ties mm-hmm. of, yeah, for comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just, he has another one, by the way, like another product on his GitHub where, basically he's like taken maps of places and Mm. then just distilled it down into this like really basic street view interesting and people like print them on cup on mugs Mm. and posters and it it, it, he's just really fascinating that's fascinating but coming back to r slash thailand we can also go to chiang mai so you can click any of them and just see like sometimes it changes and yeah. you start to see new connections. But in this case, it doesn't, it seems like that's... I can't believe
1: there's not a specific cow soy subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thai
0: food, but see, there's Thai okay. food. Okay. What can we learn from that? Um, see, and then now we are actually see, we, we're kind of getting into a thicker part of the internet, mm-hmm. um, where now we see Thai food, but we also see things like Korean food or Japanese food, Vietnamese, Asian mm-hmm. eats is a subreddit mm-hmm. on its own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you also see i think i saw something here cooking videos recipe inspiration um there's a subreddit called shitty ramen <laughs> right and so by the way i think we talked about like not ignoring the si- silly yeah. i would say when you're going down these internet rabbit holes it's equally important to not ignore um just like what you find interesting right. as in like if you're going down specifically to validate this like idea of cow soy yeah. not to feel like you you can't explore outside of that yeah. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and then also interesting things like kombucha's up here on the left hand side sushi abomination <laughs> mexican food gore by the way like to me i'm seeing like something really interesting here which is like kind of the flagship foods of some of these places mm. have um you could almost say super fans mm-hmm. who really take offense to like when it's done badly, Mm -hmm. and so that's that's interesting to me. Um, You also see things like recipe gifs, which is huge. By the way, do you know this whole rabbit hole? Mm -mm. Um, I think due to partially the the ridiculousness of recipes online, people started creating recipe gifs, which were just like super, and you see this on TikTok as well, but that's like a big community, Um, not so much on Reddit, but I think things like Tumblr, where people just post recipe gifs instead of the long.
1: It's like step one, step two, but it's like in, yeah, it's you like just really watch cut it. up. You like, just really watch, like,
0: watch the yeah. actual thing happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm seeing a lot here. Um, we can take it in a few different directions. Like we can, for example, one direction you can do is you can go to r slash Thai food mm-hmm. and you can use tools like subreddit stats or gummy search to see the top voted posts over time. So you can get a sense mm-hmm. of like, Sometimes it's obvious, like maybe mm-hmm. it's all Pad Thai, mm-hmm. but I bet you it's not in this case. Yeah. And you can see like what people are actually talking about. Mm. If I pull up Gummy Search, for example, you can let's what just is pull Gummy up. Search? It is a, a Reddit tool. Okay. Um, and you can, you can see I've got a few saved audi- audiences when this opens, but you can, for example, um, add an audience. So make a new audience and I'll just put Thai food. And you can mm-hmm. add multiple um, communities here, which can be helpful. Because, for example, if we were actually just trying to uh, compile the learnings from what I just noticed about like there's one about like sushi abomination and there's other ones about like other kinds of food gone wrong. Yeah. We could, for example, add all of those. In this case, I'm just going to add r slash Thai food to start. Um, and this is where we can start to learn. This is a relatively small subreddit. So how many people... 10,000 subs like yeah, it's pretty small Yeah, um, but this is where you can if you go to you open up the subreddit here Again, this is a smaller subreddit. So I don't know if you're gonna learn as much, but mm-hmm. you can see uh, Keywords that are in here uh, posts and like, you know specific days or whether mm. it, it's like Posts tend to do better with images, etc. Mm-hmm. You can see the kind of people in here in the subreddit uh, in this case Again small subreddit. So we're not seeing too much but you can also Um, the thing that Gummy Search does that's different from something like a subreddit stats is if I go to themes, um, and it can be, again, not always the best for smaller subreddits, Mm -hmm. but they've basically broken down um, top content so you can see automatically like what are people talking about? What is the most upvoted? So let's just see browse top posts. And what they've done is they've applied AI as well so you can look at patterns. Mm. So it'll basically be like, what are the what are the themes that we're seeing the most on here? Um, so this is just the pure view of just like top voted submissions. <laughs>
1: Kapow, moo, my death row <laughs> <laughs> I've, I mean, I'm with, I'm with that person. I, right? It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I <laughs> spelled it wrong, but like it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. So for example, 96 submissions, let's just see fine patterns, what it says. And, um, Basically, like, to me, this is not super interesting, but Mm -hmm. sometimes something will surface about, like, Mm -hmm. the patterns. Mm -hmm. There was one, for example, where it was, like, Europe Fire, Mm -hmm. the subreddit, uh, which was significantly bigger. Like, Financial Independence Fire, Early Fire. Yeah, exactly. It had all the obvious things, like, people care about, like, ETFs and things like that. And then there was one about, like, Portugal real estate. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of people talking about Portugal real estate. That's interesting. Um, But, for example, like, Thai Curry, you can click into any of these if they do seem interesting. Mm -hmm. And then you can pull up the specific posts that was like highly upvoted. Got it. And then what it, you can also do is like in this section, um, I guess since there's not enough posts, it won't let me do this, but like you can click pain and anger, for example, mm-hmm. or specific advice or solution requests. So if there is a big enough community, you can, like maybe um, one of these other ones, for example, like, like Asian food, I wonder how big this one is. Oh, that's even smaller. Um, you can basically actually surface some very specific solution requests advice requests
1: etc got, got it so so coming back to like the the idea we're trying to refine based on the things you've seen so far like what is it making your brain do and what do you think we should do to take the next step in the in the idea either validation or refinement or whatever
0: yeah i think so maybe the next thing i would open up is something like answer the public and mm-hmm. i what i want to get a more color around is like what People are associating this thing too, so again, some of those secondary keywords to mm-hmm. see if there's enough volume for things like, oh, like I actually just want a better recipe, right. or I'm like I need something here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, another thing you might want to do is just start looking into competitors or mm-hmm. like to see if anyone's actually
1: doing it, doing this. So like
0: yet. we can look up like like cow soy um, like recipe kit. Or something mm-hmm, like that, and mm-hmm. not so much for the volume, but to actually see who's doing it, um, who's doing this. And um, yeah. you can see a few. So That's then okay. you would take something like some of these kits and either put them into a tool like SimilarWeb to see the, um, the volume, the yeah. number of page views they have a month, or you can also look into, I see some of these on Amazon, for example. And so I would be interested in pulling up something like a Jungle Scout to see how much they're actually doing. And on Jungle Scout, you can see like, the margins and things like that as well so i think one one direction that you could take it is actually just trying to see what is being sold so mm-hmm. we we searched cow soy recipe kit there's no search volume according to that mm-hmm. um but you start to see a few different uh companies that do have for example cow soy seasoning mix um a cow soy vegetarian protein hot cup mm-hmm that are selling on Amazon for example and then we see on the actual results page a few different companies that aren't advertising but do sell some sort of kit. Mm. And so the next place you could take it is you could take some of these companies that sell uh, on the serp and you can put them into uh similar web for example. So if we take uh, actually this is this is just one product on takeout kit for example. But actually yeah, why don't we put takeout kit into similar web? I'm just curious. Mm how that does. And then in addition, I pulled up Jungle Scout, um, which is an Amazon analytics tool Mm -hmm. where you can see specific products, like we saw two of them advertising. So we can actually get a sense of how much volume they do. And of course, I'm getting hit with the
1: CAPTCHA. (laughs) Which, I mean, at this point, they should be getting rid of those, like AI can do this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can't AI solve the CAPTCHA, The robots won, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right while this is loading let's look at jungle scout so i searched in their keyword scout tool Mm -hmm. to start Mm -hmm. cow soy and this is again where you can um, we'll get to the product search as well yeah um but where you can get a sense of just like how much volume there is so in this case down here we have cow soy there's very limited volume less Mm -hmm. than 450 searches per month but you can also see yes some people are bidding uh, easy to rank moderate. This is where you can get additional ideas. Like you can see something, for example, like Asian noodles mm-hmm. actually has way more search volume, but is actually much easier to rank on. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of branded terms here, um, but you can get a sense of what people are actually searching for. And again, like maybe pivot if you, yeah. um, if you're not like set on a specific idea. I'm pretty wedded idea. to cows. <laughs> okay, so then <laughs> let's go kidding. to product research. <laughs> we
1: can we can pivot if you want. Whatever you think is is uh, is the right move.
0: Let's go to the product database okay. and just see. Let's see. Let's see how much these companies are making.
1: Interesting. It's so interesting that it's a low competition keyword. Sorry, it's a it's a low volume keyword, but it's still moderate competition. Like that seems like a not a great thing to. to yeah, play I mean, in, right.
0: All of this is data, so I should yeah. say, like, you know, some people might be listening, and they're just like, you know, you don't have a clear answer by the end. Yeah. And to be fair, some some rabbit holes you go down, there is a very clear like. No, yeah. and then sometimes there's not necessarily like a definitive yes, yeah. but you're like, oh, actually there's seems to be like this gap where yeah. no one's addressing this like huge keyword search volume right. and uh, I could create a product in it. Um, but often you're just gaining data, right? You're getting data about the reviews, the latent demand out there, the products and how they're currently doing in the space. Mm. And you're all kind of like bunching that together and seeing if you can create something that's mm. differentiated. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, like there's this like cow soy cooking uh, kit and we can sort all this, by the way, with like monthly revenue in Jungle hmm. Scout. So, so in this case, it's low, right? Like mm. the top for Kao Soy, at least what's coming up here is like $1,500 so $1, um, versus, oh, but see, I mean, coming back to the review conversation, like really low reviews. Right. And that's like the top one, according to this. Hmm. Also, something that's interesting, kind of paying attention to what this is surfacing, not just pure numbers. Yeah. There are t-shirts that people are selling that are like, about cow soy and like i love cow soy <laughs> and i don't know sometimes you just have to pull in those qualitative data points just to be like okay it's like i'm not the only one who right. really loves this thing right. um if we pull up the similar web if it's going to load i'm just curious how much that website about like um take takeout kit yeah
1: and takeout kit is bigger than just cow soy, yes, but yes correct
0: yeah. but it kind of yeah. gives you a sense of like yeah. look at its description here which is helpful even just on itself it says it's uh global pantry meal kit so it's not just like any meal kits Mm -hmm. they're specifically orienting around global pantry meal kits asian meal kits robin meal kits so it is like in the wheelhouse of what you're describing um so it's pretty low ten thousand views per month um the nice part about this uh a similar web even their free version is you can start to see the related Mm -hmm. sites as well so this is where you can kind of go down another rabbit hole and you're like oh what's try the world what's house foods um and then in this case what's also helpful is just to see like okay so they basically do no paid search Mm. and sometimes this is helpful um you can view it in different ways sometimes if you look at a space and you're like oh every participant in it is doing organic search for example um well like what if i actually juiced you know my product with paid like could I outcompete them mm-hmm. could I like get more attention build a stronger mm-hmm. brand but there's a second side to this where it's not like binary where what you actually might be seeing is like this kind of thing you can only do with organic search mm. as in you can only really be profitable or build something sustainable um, and so it may be an indicator like another data point for when you're assessing these things to be like is this the kind of business I want to build right. for example if you go down the rabbit hole of like comparing different credit cards and points and that's what like what NerdWallet does yeah they have so much organic search and like all their competitors are also like organic search kings yeah. and like in that particular market if i were to assess it i'd be like oh actually i would only ever do this if i think i have some advantage mm. in organic search right. right like i'm not going to be able to compete right. with paid or right. like social right. or something else that makes sense um so yeah i mean to me it's, everything we've learned so far is like one, I probably, if I had more time, I'd be going further down this, like, mm-hmm. Reddit rabbit hole and looking for signals in terms of, like, maybe not only on the r slash, like, Thai food, but some of these, like, adjacent subreddits right. to see if there's just, like, latent demand of people who want, like, way better Asian food
2: mm-hmm.
0: in America, mm-hmm. uh, as an example. But then I also would be kind of, like, bringing every all of this together to be like, okay, clearly there's not, like, a huge amount of demand. Yeah. Do I think I could create like a differentiated product that probably in this case because there's not much search demand i could market really well on social for example and like create something like d2c and like do i have a like good enough facebook ad chops to do that effectively and you know again you're not going to get a definitive answer but it's probably enough to start working with to be like can i create some like basic test where i don't even need to create the product but i could run some ads and get some data
1: yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense it's so valuable like 'Cause we just went down these these this list of ideas. We took two of them and in like five minutes I'm already like I don't I'm probably not gonna do the warm hat thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you pursue the warm hat thing after our like cursory research, you just want that product. Yeah, I just sort of want, want that it.
1: Product. Yeah. And then I think for the cow soy thing, like the vibe I'm getting is cow soy is gonna happen. Cow soy is <laughs> like it's it's inevitable, right? And then I have to like I have to do this calculus of like am I going to be the leader of the cow soy movement? Are you going to be the and, like, King? obviously not. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like what I'm seeing, like looking at that chart is probably in five years or 10 years, that chart will have continued that trend and mm-hmm. someone will do that. And that's like an interesting thing to, t- to pay attention to. And it might be an opportunity later on down the road once it's like a little bit bigger and there's more search volume and there's there's all yeah. that kind of stuff. But um, the like, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 minutes we spent now saves like so much time in like i don't know i think an alternative route would be just like go and make make a bunch of cow soy paste and then like maybe start a restaurant or whatever which like sometimes that that is actually the right move because like you just all you really want to do is like make the best cow soy and in that case like you shouldn't you don't need to do the, the search yeah. engine because you want to be the, you want to build that movement you want to build a movement yeah. of it yeah, yeah um and sometimes like you want to obviously know is there an actual market here? Is there a business to be built here? And I think what we found is like, there could be, but it's going to take a long time. And it probably right now is not the right time. And that's such a valuable thing to know.
0: Yeah. And and again, you can go way deeper down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But I think to your point, even just these like few data points, I think the way you describe the picture is accurate. Yeah. And people just need to decide from these data points, is this the kind of business I want to build? Like, yeah. where are we on the the curve is it going up or down how far along are we do i want to be the person who's really like pushing the the like rock up the hill or like do i want to be someone who comes in at the end and just like builds like you know the coolest version of the product once there's demand by the way just one more thing that might be worth looking at is if you like look up especially something like cow soy which we're unsure of in terms of like if there's enough interest Mm -hmm. you can also Look at the ge- uh, geographical interest. Mm. And so let's do this for the US only. Um, that's
1: actually really, really interesting.
0: And something that this reminds me, cow soy reminds me of hard kombucha, mm-hmm. which um, I saw this using keywords everywhere, by the way, years ago. I was like, just buying some. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there's a trend here. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know mm-hmm. that there was such a trend. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at it geographically back then, it was like only in a few states. Interesting. And this doesn't surprise me at all. It's yeah. on the coast, right? Yeah. But I, I bet that if you actually looked at this a year, three years, certainly five years from now, this would be all blue. It yeah. wouldn't all be the same blue, yeah. of course. But, I mean, even this is interesting in a way. Like, I wouldn't have necessarily expected Oregon and Washington to be, like...
1: Maybe there's, like, a lot of Thai immigrants there or something like maybe. that. Maybe. Yeah. It's possible. Or they I mean, just have good taste there. You know? <laughs> it's funny. I was like,
0: you know, do you know what Zin is? Uh-uh. It's like the... like. Um, nicotine patches oh yeah do you know that yeah. <laughs> yeah are you a user well, no I'm not mean, but no. there's
1: a there are zen watches which I know um but yeah uh
0: well no yeah. the reason I was uh mentioning it is because the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the exponential curve on oh this is God. so big and I was asking people I posted it and I was like why why Montana yeah. and I think it's because there's a lot of Scandinavian
3: immigrants Interesting. there okay that's yeah. so
1: funny. Um, wow. That's, that's fascinating. This is, this was incredible. I feel like I'm like in the presence of genius. Like you're, you're, you're an uh, internet oh, in- impresario. Uh- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, I, so, like what I'm excited about is like, these are the things that I rely on. And I think there's like a few things going on right now. One of them is that more people are using these tools, mm-hmm. they'll get better and they'll improve. Yeah. The second is that like, there's way more tools that I don't know about. So I yeah. want people to surface those and yeah. like me to like build out my like internet toolkit um and then i just think over time like this is like we talked about like ai is the worst that'll ever be yeah like our ability to ascertain what people want need enjoy Mm -hmm. is only going to improve with time and some people might think that's like oh there's like privacy concerns but obviously all these this is like aggregate data right Mm -hmm. like i don't know who actually likes cow soy Mm -hmm. i just have a sense of that it's desired potentially yeah and I think ultimately, the reason I'm excited is because I hope that as more people use this, we actually get better products, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if, if people actually understand not just where demand is, but there's other tools we can use to more so gauge like, again, like not just creating a cal kit, but like if I were to do that, how would I do that mm-hmm. to make it better?
1: Totally. I love that. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, and it, I don't know, it makes me really excited for like what these tools are going to look like in five years or something like that. Um, so before we end and i know we're like we're very close to time but we had a bunch of um we had a bunch of twitter questions for you and i would be remiss if i didn't ask like a lightning round of a few okay we'll try to
0: make it lightning twitter yeah (laughs) (laughs) do (laughs) it for for the twitter okay
1: cool uh so uh la crypto asks why you stopped doing shit you don't learn in school it was their favorite podcast
0: oh that's so nice um it's because of me so i do it with my husband it's funny. That's the thing we get asked about the most, yeah. and it just takes more work than I think people realize. You run a podcast, yeah. you know, but it's coming back. Sorry. We're doing it in very disparate seasons. Great,
1: amazing. I love it. Uh, Jessa asked, "Do you use ChatGPT for therapy or self-help?"
0: No, but I I definitely can see the use case. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have a therapist. like I so I I'm very for therapy. Well, Great. we have like a couples therapist, okay. and that's been amazing. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's something that you worked on? Andrew asked, what's something that you worked on that turned out to be a dud?
0: Oh, I mean, it, go to my product hunt. All my first projects are <laughs> like not, it's, it's interesting because they're very much of that ilk of internet products. Like you know, I mentioned, it's like, it's a project. Yeah. It's so funny that those two words, by the way, mean different things like mm-hmm. product and project. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're interchangeable and sometimes they're not. But um, if you look at a bunch of my early projects, projects like nomad hub was my first one after i learned to code is like no one needed it (laughs) so So, yeah there's tons of random everyone who makes
1: stuff has that graveyard of stuff they made that was terrible so yeah yeah. Uh, okay last one what is a habit or, or what is a habit or action she's intentionally stopped that has helped her productivity mindset or health from david
0: um I saw this one and I thought about it and I'm actually not sure, mm. but there's one thing that I probably, my husband's been trying to get me to to do this and I think he's right, which is I very much am an inbox zero person.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I also do things like I will uh, use superhuman to like take all my newsletters and like I read them on Sundays, for example. Yeah. But uh, talking about this like weight that the internet can create sometimes, um, it's like, requirement to like read all your newsletters or to like get to things i think is like not great for me over Mm -hmm. time i'm like why do i feel the need to respond to everyone Mm -hmm. why do i feel the need to read like every version of numlock every single week and it's like I think actually I need to like reverse some aspect of that. That's
1: really interesting. I'm the opposite. I like don't respond to any emails and I feel <laughs> tremendous guilt and shame about it all the time. <laughs> and I like want to get better. <laughs> well, so. I don't,
0: I'm not necessarily good at responding to people quickly. Yeah. I just like, I, f- I p- kind of put it away will, and it, it's yeah. like a weight on your yeah life to be like, oh, you, you do have to like get through all these emails versus right. Cal is more just like, you know, the kind of person that he's like, he says like 10,000 emails yeah. and he's like, What's the problem? And I'm like, there's a problem. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: that's great. Well, I think this is this is a great place to end. We've covered so much. This is an incredible interview. Um, we we had more stuff planned. Like we were going to go into some more, uh, you know, using AI for for more research stuff. But we'll have to do maybe a part two. Yeah. Um, After our
0: like warm baseball cap project, It's <laughs> like you know, a year from now. <laughs> I'll <laughs> have
1: more business ideas for you. You know, we'll find something that we can validate. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is really great. Um, I really appreciate you coming out.
0: Thanks. This was so fun. Yeah.
1: Cool. See you next time. <laughs>